0: The Commander Podcast is brought to you by puremtgo.com Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar Your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand and Malaysia Now, on to the podcast, it's breakfast time Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 32. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community and creativity of primarily our favourite format of Commander plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I'm of course one of your hosts Sam, the uh, the bird whisperer I want to say this week. I've just been for a nice walk down the uh, the river and <laughs> kind of been with my people as, 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 a, as it were. Uh, and I, I'm of course always uh, joined by the illustrious chesh how are you doing chesh oh the illustrious Chesh.
1: uh i'm i'm okay during the week i uh stripped my hair to blonde and then i attempted to dye it a deep luscious purple and instead <laughs> it came out pink so you know not all bad
0: <laughs> yeah you, you yeah it wasn't enough to have like glowing red locks last week that actually you know no i
1: i took one look at it i was like yeah, now it's time for a change. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's strip out the natural colour. Let's go unnatural again. Fair. Uh, I don't, and, and it's a weird thing because I, I know there's nothing wrong with being a redhead. I get it. But it's just weird because you can't see it on a bad day. But on a good day in the sunshine, my hair like, glows like I'm a super <laughs> saiyan. So, <laughs> yeah, Nicolas Cage, Nicolas uh, Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird. So I was like, I want to... And, and I felt like I changed like being an old goth slash punk, it's been a while since I've had like a wild, crazy haircut or a wild, crazy color. And now that it's all short and I don't have my long luxurious locks, I was like, I want to, you know, make something that, that I can feel like I feel a bit more like me, which I haven't for, for, it's been years since I felt like me, to be honest. Yeah. So coloring my hair was like a step towards that and just going like, I want to start reclaiming who I am because I've been in corporate life for so long. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so I,
0: it, I attempted to go purple. Is, is that also a thing? You probably don't have to be face-to-face as much in, uh, in your role. and, and I mean, you still got Zoom meetings, I um, I don't I imagine, have to but... be
1: face-to-face. Well, I don't have to be face-to-face at all in my regular job generally anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem is with corporate culture the way it is, they've only just brought in, just before the pandemic hit, they are only just brought in casual clothing. Um, I remember you, saw so you said this, yes, exactly, like 50 yeah, years too late. Yeah, and I was like, what, what type of fucking old man takes yeah. this long? So I've been with the company now for almost 20 years, um, and it's taken them this long to go, oh, maybe people will work better and feel more comfortable in casual clothing. Maybe we shouldn't be making them wear, like, three-piece suits constantly and,
2: like... <laughs> top hats and monocles, yes.
0: And incredibly uncomfortable. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: gee, you
0: think? Um, I, hate to, I, I hate to bring it back to Nicolas Cage, but you don't say... <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly ah, Exactly.
0: Exactly uh, Anyway Anyway uh, I can't leave our guest yeah, lingering yeah. any longer Because it's just too cool And I'm too excited So um, yeah as, as it often goes Our guest profiles As I always say With the community and creators Have become a place to share And explore the essence of Commander And why we play In an effort to promote And celebrate the qualities um, We're joined today by a guess that I think we've we've been trying to tee this up for a little while and, and thanks for patience in advance, of course. It's just it's what we do. We're on the other side of the world and it's we've got to figure these things out. But we're, nonetheless we've been so excited for this one because I think we're just gonna hang out, have a good time. It's gonna be wild. Feel free to uh take the filter off and, and, and join our, our lovely Australian ways, of course. We're Joined by the co-host of Magic Mics, formerly the host of incredible podcasts Deck and Girlfriend Bracket, uh, we're in the presence of magic royalty, it's the dredge queen Erin Campbell,
3: how you doing Erin? I'm doing good, thank you for clarifying that there's nothing wrong with being a redhead because I'm a natural redhead, so this, yeah. this could have gotten off on the wrong foot <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I appreciate, it. and with Chesh and I, have had the chat too. That I, uh, I grew up in a weird way, going, oh, I don't, I, I have ginger tendencies in a way, and uh, going things like my brother or someone calling me a redhead, and for some reason, thinking that's a bad thing, and shying away and not being wanted to be. <laughs> (laughs) assigned to that color of hair. I was like, no, I don't care now. I love it. Like it's, it's perfect. I think
3: that really comes with getting older because I remember getting picked on a lot as a kid for having red hair. And I heard all the jokes of Red Baron, Ronald McDonald, you know, the, the whole, the Campbell soup kid, you know, that's kind of how I got my last name of Aaron Campbell. Uh, you know, Campbell's not my legal last name. And so, you know, when I, (laughs) when I, you know, thought of my name for myself or when I rechristened myself, you know, that was a way of kind of reclaiming this thing that had been jokingly used against me all these years of because i looked like one of the campbell soup kids they used to have a mm. duo oh, they used to have, there was a boy so and a girl with red joke. hair that was i don't know if they're still there or not but uh yeah so you know when you're a kid it you you just you will do anything to just not arouse not aroused, but like you'll, you'll do anything to not stand out. And when yeah. you have red hair as a child, you stand out quite badly. But as you get older, you find out that people like redheads and they find it sexy. They find it attractive. And yeah. so, um, it, it, it turns around pretty quickly to where it's something you get mocked for too. Uh, you know, even now I, I dyed my hair three years ago. I've been a brunette for the last three years and it, it does feel like you have this sacred duty. Like people take it really personally when you dye your hair when you're a redhead or people say, don't you realize that beautiful hair? How could you? And Mm. people get invested in red hair and it, it, it's really wild.
0: No, I've got that with, with curly hair too, and I'm like, now nah, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. like you say, get old no, nah, I'm I'm gonna embrace the weird Afro thing I got going on sometimes and just let it let it flow, whatever. It's uh, same it's, thing. It's, yeah. I have
3: naturally curly hair, and yeah. I um I I wore my hair up. You know, you mentioned corporate life. You know, I spent mm-hmm. the first few years of my corporate life just wearing my hair up a lot, and it would get in my way, and it was so big, and I was just sort of giving into these beauty standards that I didn't think curly hair was attractive. And then again, there was just a turning point where I I discovered that curly hair was attractive and people wanted to run their hands through it and it became something to envy and all the girls that i looked up to who had straight hair they would look at me and say we wish we had curly hair and so everything kind of comes around at 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 some point you know everything Mm -hmm. that you don't like about yourself suddenly becomes cool or suddenly becomes attractive and you realize it's it's always been attractive you just needed to see it for yourself
0: that's right, exactly. It's uh eye the beholder and all that stuff too and, and yeah, what it means to yourself. But um yeah, I I love what that point you made about I never knew that about um the Campbell name as well. It's like the whole thing yeah. that I I, I love that that it's almost the deflecti- the deflecting palm technique that you'll harness the energy of something that was thrown at you negatively. And you're like, well, you know what? I'm going to show it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it around and then shove it in your face kind of thing. And that was the thing I heard the story about the girlfriend bracket term. And that made mm-hmm. me smile so much that it's like, all right, you're going to use this as a negative term. We're going to embrace it and like and completely flip the script. And I love that to bits. But, um,
3: exactly. Yeah. My friend Chris and I, who was one of the co-hosts on the girlfriend bracket, we traveled pretty extensively before the show got started. And that was a phrase that we would just hear constantly. You know, if you went X and 2 or X and 3 or worse, people would say, oh, you're going to the girlfriend bracket, which implies that only women do poorly at events, you know, mm-hmm. that it's a certain bracket, or that only girlfriends are in that bracket, that you only came because your your partner plays. And so we thought, why not make the girlfriend bracket a place where you want to be, you know? And, and so people listening to the show would say that. They would say, we feel like we're in the car with you guys, or we feel like we're, you know, in the event hall with you guys. And and that was the whole point, was just turn something that into it that started off as a joke and Mm. and making it a really cool place to be and and it worked we went on for about 100 episodes and people still come up to us and people still there was six it was five years ago i think and um to me that's the greatest gift as a content creator is when you can when years after the fact people still remember what you do and we still see people rocking our stickers and we still get people asking us how we're doing and um that's just amazing that that's that's perfect
0: Oh, that's the best. I love it. So um I mean that's that's a good uh, spot to kind of just get right into it kind of thing. But um I mean it's it's the type of thing your 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 name carries a lot of uh, uh kind of that your reputation precedes you in an amazing oh, way. No, thing. <laughs> no it's, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> do I need to call
3: my attorney? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no. I right. refuse to comment on the grounds which Exactly.
1: Uh, but who who did you kill that we're not aware of? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I, I was going to say it's it's when we're writing notes and things for this. I'm like, do we do, uh, do we do a brief background? I think we can kind of try, but I think you've done so much in the magic sphere. Keeping it brief might be a bit tricky. I don't care. Let's kind of get it started, kind of thing. It's like, if, if because I think the the point of today, anyway, will be uh, how all roads have led to uh, Commander in a little way. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the way that uh, you've said it a few times yourself. It's like five years ago, if you had said I was a Commander player, like, what, I would have laughed. Uh, mm-hmm. But well, the way. See,
1: it's funny you should bring that up because, um, so I've been obviously following Aaron for a very long time. I'm to so the point sorry.
3: Where
1: <laughs> Aaron, Aaron might even potentially remember although i wouldn't fault you if you don't remember when you first started getting into commander i was like holy crap i can't believe you're finally getting into commander after all this time if you need any (laughs) help hit me up (laughs) Um, because because you're one of my favorite content creators and and thank you it's one of those things even (laughs) i mean i can just go (laughs) Jeez, yeah. What did just, you do? Just fuck off. <laughs> no, just fuck off, man. <laughs> um, you you are still, god damn it, I've had a long week. Uh, one of my favorite content... Oh, no, actually, yeah, that's fine. Because let's dig into that then. Uh, Go for it. So there has been a long-running problem where myself and Aaron haven't been able to get together for a Commander game for so long. Yeah. So, yes, you were one of my favorite content creators. And you will be once again once we get that goddamn game <laughs> of Commander in. Exactly. Okay. I, but I, as now I, I mentioned in the that.
3: pre-show, though, I, I'm really worried <laughs> that this is like a Seventh Seal situation, or Seventh Sign, <laughs> where if we do finally meet and play a Commander game, some unholy seal is going to open... Some pestilence is going to be unleashed upon the world, and just it'll it'll be a bad it 'll be bad news
1: yeah yeah exactly um but the point the point i was there was a point that I was getting to. The hell
0: was the there's always a getting? point we always dance around it you,
1: <laughs> you've made the old man totally forget um but yeah no i was i was stunned when um when you when you decided to get into commander because mm. you know i'd been like absolutely loving all of your content forever, mm. and then to find that you 've gone from like you know, massive competitive grinding to, like, oh, I'm going to play this casual format, and oh, I actually kind of like it was, like, my big thing of, like, well, here's one of, one of my most favourite fucking content creators finally getting into Commander, into the thing that, that I've switched over to love, because I'm an ex-grinder as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I <laughs> my claim to fame was winning a 5k here in Australia in Brisbane. A 5k. Ooh. Get this, the month after the fucking ptq pins ended oh and all i wanted was the pin i didn't care about the five thousand dollars i wanted the cool pin and i <laughs> fucking missed it by yeah. a month god damn it
3: <laughs> so so casuals, but, um, yeah, casuals yeah, on so the street
0: can know your prestige you're wearing your pin on your jacket you like yeah look at
2: that look at that <laughs> i, I oh, just like it. the pin the i pin have a friend who makes awesome.
3: pins as a side hustle i can have him whip you up a pin Ooh. if you would like Oh yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pins are just cool like yeah you, you get the whole like pins are same thing cool. like you get the uh you know the 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 it's like it could get to the stage where you're such an established magic player where you just got like the almost the scout shirt kind of thing just badges from everything it's or like- the
3: corner of the play mat i had I had yeah. a couple oh. pins i that's yeah, cool. I top aided states. I don't know if any of you listening remember state. We used to have states events mm-hmm. here where mm-hmm. in addition to opens, which were national and then regionals, which was a region, obviously, we had states and I top aided states once. And so I got a little pin for that. And, um, yeah, I, I tried doing that for a while. I put my pins on the corner and it just wasn't very practical because when you would roll up the, the play mat and put it in the <laughs> tube, you would just hear that funk like you'd have to like quickly slide it in past it was really awkward <laughs> <I love> it.
0: <laughs> and it's 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 like a, it's a weird uh i don't even know what you call them but it's, it's it's the the badge type thing but it's the the thing to commemorate something that is just it's just not really used anymore because like you say maybe people see is not practical but there's people at cheshire i like, love that and i put more value in that than anything and it reminds it's- me of mum has got a um she showed me uh, she has a serious moonlight tour, like David Bowie pin from when he was touring in the eighties. Oh. That's the coolest thing ever. Like the tour had the pin, like <laughs> to put on your shirt. Like, I, yeah, no, no one does that anymore. So yeah, bring back pins. Zachary. Yeah,
1: I just I, I think that it, it's one of those old things of like pins can fall off and they right. fell out of fashion, ironically. Through, they can fall off now they've fallen <laughs> off right Well up. just like red um, hair and
3: curly hair they might come back in five years pins yeah. might be all the rage oh, again so hold on to those pins Inevitably exactly but I mean look at
1: PAX right so PAX have their like you know their pinny troops basically their mm-hmm. whole like oh, yeah, true. pin collectible crew that just absolutely love pins so I think there is still a you know there's always going to be a, a, a small subgroup of people um, who absolutely want to do that but for the most part, I think that people have, like... Especially with Magic, like... As soon as Wizards decided that they weren't going to do the pins... No one gave a shit. Everyone just completely forgot about it. And playmats were the new thing. Mm. It's like, well, guys, we were always getting playmats. Like, it's <laughs> it's not a... Like, pins were just, like, the the other side of that. That were also extra cool. Mm. Like, you can roll your shitty playmat out in front of me. And I don't care what it is. As long as it's not, like, you know... Anti Uh, (laughs) problematic (laughs) content exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I have a I have a big thing with that. Um, Anyway, uh, because if anyone rolls that out at one of my events, I kick them straight out. Um, Generally, I tell them to turn the mat over, and if they don't want to turn it over, I just wake them because this is family friendly, guys. Um, But yeah, so pretty much like when it comes to the pin thing, I just think that like for me personally, it's it just. Brings my mind back to a point in my life where I was doing three different competitive games, traveling around Australia and getting paid for it. There was Magic, which was the the cash cow from the cards themselves. Mm-hmm. There was Dragon Ball Z, which was a cash cow from just literally promos because nothing was worth anything. Um, but winning tournaments and and regional events and stuff, you know, pretty much for somebody like me at that point who didn't have a job who, you know, was still able to travel Australia and stuff was quote-unquote, being on the Dull Mate, um, being on, on Living Assistance, I guess you could call it. Um, and also Pokemon, uh, when I was doing all three of those competitive at the same time and traveling around Australia, was just a great time. And we actually discussed this pre-show, like the whole, like, jumping into a hotel with a bunch of people and, you know, mm. like, staying six people to a room. Um, but it was like a mega road trip around Australia for me. Um, the hell's in days i, I right? think that that's why
0: i love pins so much mm. well that anyway was, this that was a side the talk the with your pins podcast, chair. she so just took I'm that enjoyed. right down the 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 mine cart of uh a mine shaft of, of pins <laughs> and uh how we how are we going to get that back to uh the great legacy of uh of, of aaron campbell you know like <laughs> 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 no but uh, as i we was saying before it's it's there's there's so much history of of uh what what you know you've achieved, Aaron, and um, the, the name you've kind of established, and and there was even some great chats about. Um, oh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, doing a bit of homework. It was nice uh, <laughs> as far as uh, how how people ask, like you know you've you've got this amazing persona that that actually uh, exudes a confidence that does actually inspire people and has actually had you know uh, real world applications where people are like oh you've actually like i could not even go to an fnm because it's like it's an absolute male fest and like i'm scared And you are like, he's just like that shouldn't exist but it does and it's it's just people like you the way uh you you will talk and, and and be confident about yourself everything and and kind of be your be your own biggest fan uh, and it's not being mm-hmm. cocky it's 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 like it's it's a confidence i think everyone deserves in a way and it's like a lot of people sadly don't have it but you've you've had an effect way beyond just playing you know dredge like (laughs) awesome cool (laughs) things like that it's it's i was saying before there's another like it's it's i highly recommend just running through the back catalog wherever you can find them um of as i said the aforementioned podcasts that you've done um i i personally found it really inspirational to to hear that you you made a whole thing about a, a conversational style podcast when Personally, I didn't know if any of those really existed, and and now we're kind of trying to doing what do one and and enjoying just having
3: conversations with people and and realizing that you've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh- Facebook memories has really become my worst enemy, because it loves to remind me of how long I've been doing this. Um, I guess even the girlfriend bracket, you know, we, we started the girlfriend bracket in March of two, oh, God, like four or five years ago. And I remember posting about it on Facebook. And then of course, you click on memories. And it's like five years ago, you were doing this. And it's like, five years like that's wild and you know the deck tease was seven or eight years ago to be honest and mm-hmm. um, it doesn't feel like it's been that long at all but um, you know thank you that's those are incredibly kind words and that's always been my my secret to content creation is mm-hmm. you know see what people aren't doing you know see yeah. what holes there are in the community um, and find a way to either bring that to the table or to bring a new spin on that and you know that's always been the key to everything I've done is that was the key to the growth to, to the deck tease was me looking around and going there are all these people I want to get to know. These people would never give me the time of day otherwise because I had just started <laughs> playing magic again. So how can I get to know all of these really cool people? Well, interview them. Like that was sort mm, of my mm. secret there. And then with the girlfriend bracket, it was the same thing of, you know, what is something that's not being done right now? There had never been in all non-male podcasts before. Mm. We'd had like, and, and this was a time where that was really popular. You know, we had Brainstorm Brewery, we had Heavy Meta, you know, that was really a recipe for a while of four dudes, a beer mm-hmm. and a podcast. That was all you <laughs> needed. And and for a while there, and there's nothing wrong with that, to be clear, exactly, but yeah, for a while yeah. there, we were just really saturated with that. And we had Magic the Amateuring, you know, we had a duo right. of girls, but before the Girlfriend Bracket, to my knowledge, there had never been a show where every week you could hear at least four non-male Magic players. Talk about magic and talk about their experiences. And I wanted to be the first. And mm. to my knowledge, we were. And so, um, same thing with Magic Mics. Magic Mics was very much Evan's brainchild, but same thing of no one's ever done like a late night. Kind of Tonight Show, maybe McNeil and Lair kind of news mm. show. We want to be the first ones to do that, and so I'm really fortunate that everything I've done has really been innovative, and if not the first of its kind, um, certainly a neat take on something that's already maybe been done before.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, there's, but there's, I think the under undertone there also is that uh, I don't, I don't think you're ever inventing things that. I'm uh, oh, sorry, you're not ever uh putting anything on that isn't you as well like there's a there's a tone of authenticity to everything that it's and, and that's the bit i've always appreciated and then i remember hearing uh i think when you're on commander central and 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 dana going well i just enjoyed listening to that even if it wasn't about magic and that was mm-hmm. that that was a big like to hear someone say that that's like good that's there's there's people that do like there's times we've wondered if like we're not talking about magic is that okay yeah, it's got to be okay. <laughs> it's fine. Uh as long as we're having fun exactly, but uh yeah, that's that's always come through that that you the way I put it as well, Chess joked about something I, can, I think last week. But I think you embody this completely. You could make uh, an elastic band interesting and, and find a fun way to talk about it, like, and that's that's the bit. It is uh, it's, it's it's kind of infectious in a way, and it's just like that's that's why it's it's fun to listen to whatever you're doing. So um, keep it up for sure. It's um, well, thank ma- you. Magic yeah, Mike's has ch- been my my buddy on the way home from my long drives to. Uh, I've gone back to the office a little bit lately, and I'm like, this has just been the best, and especially top tens, <laughs> we really dug it. So.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I I try to, it's really important for me that every, it's really important to me that everything I do be very organic and especially in the content creation game, you know, it's not unusual Mm. for people to tell you, these are the songs you should play on your stream. You know, you can literally go on any Twitch channel right now and there's song requests and people are taking polls of what deck should I play? And, you know, there are certainly content managers behind the scenes that are like, this is what we need to write about. This is the, you know, this is the hot topic right now. You know, you need to write about this format. You need to do whatever. Um And that's never been something I've been interested in. You know, I've been really lucky, even when I was doing the Duck tees that I, Adam Staborski was my boss. He was the content manager at Cool Stuff Think at the time and at Gathering Magic at the time. And he always gave me a lot of leeway of mm. his his attitude towards managing content was, I'm going to stand back and let you be awesome. And, mm. um, you know, I've always had the luxury of interviewing who I wanted to interview and talking about the things I want to talk about, even when it's maybe shot me in the foot. You know, could I be bigger than I am if I shut up? Quite frankly, sure, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, but, but I wouldn't be myself then. And there's yeah, nothing wrong yeah. with people mm-hmm. who do, um, you know, tailor themselves. And there's nothing wrong with people who do take those orders to talk about certain topics. But that's just never been a path that I've been interested in. And, you know, if it means that I'm not as big, or if it means that I am kind of niche, or if it means that I'm not everybody's cup of tea, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I can truly look back at everything I've done and be happy with what I have put out and really stand by everything I have said and everything I've done and in a way that I don't think a lot of people can.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think that's that's the point. Everyone's built of different, fa- like made of different mm-hmm. fabric, and and can like you say, can operate on on different um, accesses for longer periods of time. Some sometimes than others, and and I personally resonate with that too. That if it's ever outside of what you feel is you and and right, and what you're comfortable doing, and it's fun. If it's outside of that scope, you're pushing it too far in a direction. that it like it's not sustainable, I'm not going to have the energy to do it. <laughs> it's just like
3: it's, I'm also there's... the kind of person where I can I could I could tell you know yeah, like I'm the yeah. kind of person where I, I I don't do subtlety well, and so like if I had to promote a product I don't really like, you probably know it. <laughs> like I yeah. couldn't you know, or if I had to talk about a topic, like I know a, a really great example is um, we got the bright idea on Magic Mics to do a little side project where we were going to try a D and D game. Yep. Yep. And And quite honestly, I I didn't enjoy it. You know, I had my Mm. own reasons and, you know, we've talked about it as a cast and it wasn't personal or anything. But, you know, in the middle of the second episode, I was just like, I can't, I I can't do this, (laughs) you know, because I could, I could feel it. I could sense it. And, you know, there was no way that I could just keep delivering this, knowing how difficult it was for me and how much fun I how much fun I wasn't having Um, and I just can't I can't do that you know Mm. and God bless people who can you know there are some people who can grit their teeth and and keep the show going but that's just never been something I could do and so um, and even towards the end you know when the duck tease was winding down and I was starting to lose interest in that you know I could tell I could tell Mm. in those last couple episodes that I wasn't as engaged as I was before and you know the level of detail wasn't there before and it's just something I can hear in in the quality of it and so just going back to wanting to be proud of everything you're doing where if i know i don't really want to be there it's going to shine through and i don't really want that to happen yeah exactly
2: i feel
1: that that's that's why i backed off on doing um deck text for the moment mm-hmm. um just because like i've been so busy with everything else and, and i'm doing so many different exciting things but like deck texts have always been it's always been a weird thing because the more casual the deck, the less views I get. Even though, like, the more enjoyable it is for me. It's more you jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I do something that's disgusting, <laughs> that I'm like, you know, you you wouldn't want to play this deck at a table because everyone is going to hate you, and your your <laughs> partner's going to divorce you, and your mum's going to leave, and You're and like, oh, everyone's I'm interested. all over that. Like <laughs> thousands of tens of thousands of views on like something that's just like the most despicable commander deck ever. And I'm like, (laughs) but I don't believe in it. Don't get me wrong. I, I have been known to, and I do sometimes enjoy playing those POS decks, right? The piece Mm -hmm. of shit decks, Um, the decks that are so horribly disgusting that really you shouldn't be bringing them to the table. And I warn (laughs) everyone before I do it, because I know if a deck's going to be like super gross for no apparent reason. Mm. Um, but and just, just the joy of playing an actual casual deck versus the the absolute dismay of of sometimes joy of playing a really, you know, <laughs> terrible, powerful deck. Because sometimes I do feel like I want to make a difference, like, yeah. at the table, that, that I don't want to do my usual, which is, like, I'm the type of person who will just bring, like, a theme deck to a constructed table because... I wanna have fun and I wanna talk and I don't really care that much about winning. Uh-huh. And and sometimes that little gremlin in my head just goes, Hey, hey Chesh, hey Chesh, him up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's my lesson.
0: So so let Everyone
1: has that gremlin. So
0: let's talk about that <laughs> for a second yeah. anyway, <laughs> about the the power level <laughs> thing too. And I think that's that's a good good little segue to the, the interesting part I've seen about your um the way you've talked about commander the last like couple of years, I guess, Aaron. it's it's the whole thing where you've come from a very competitive scene and 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 done a lot there uh and in a way i think that i i imagine would frame very much what you can see are the qualities of why you'd want to play something like commander and make that important distinction uh it's it's the one i see it's like the when when cyclists kind of yell at at, at, car, at, at drivers of cars and and car you know road users basically they yell at cyclists and it's like infinitely both parties gain a lot more insight when they jump in the other person's shoes so to speak uh and i know i've i became a much better driver when i rode a bike for a bit i'm like ah, oh. <laughs> i know and it's i i think and more than anything that's the bit i'm fascinated about that i haven't i don't have a competitive history or anything and and so it's kind of what this is all about seeing different perspectives and what they add to the table but um you know like as, as i'm just very interested to hear how you've kind of seen commander or your your personal view of commander change over the years and 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 the way you could I think really nicely, uh, what do you call it? I, I guess annex those two different play styles, but like incorporate a little bit of each into the other maybe or probably more commander incorporating the competitive side, but in a way that you know you're playing in casual format. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that for a second as, as far as, as <laughs> yeah, it's a loaded one. Go where
3: you want to, that's fine. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I would I would hesitate to say that what I was I would hesitate to say, I would hesitate to say that what I was doing years ago was even competition. Like okay. let's be completely yeah. honest. Like <laughs> I was going through the motions where mm. I was doing what I thought I should be doing, where yeah. this was a time where we were being bombarded with images of competitive magic. You would open a pack of magic and you would see somebody at a table at the pro tour and you should be here. You yeah. should have buys. You should have planeswalker points. They say representation matters. And I think that also extends to formats and that extends to types of magic as well the only experience i had and the only time i really saw commander being played five or six years ago was after fnm like after mm. fnm was over um i'll never forget we had somebody that would go around to each table with this little notepad and be like EDH. EDH, and they check your name. And then after the LGS would close and lock their doors, you would play Commander. And so everybody around me in my immediate circle and everybody that I saw on social media was playing competitively. And so I just assumed this was something that I needed to do, too. And and I was mm. miserable. I, I was playing decks I didn't enjoy. I was playing formats I didn't enjoy. Um, I was a terrible person to be around. And, and I lost friends over it. And I, I was just chasing this ideal that I thought I had to live up to. And it wasn't until I really asked myself, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am Mm, I playing decks mm. I hate? Why am I Why am I spending money to go to places where I I'm not going to do well? I'm going to be miserable, and I'm going to be not very nice to the people around me. Certainly not nice to my opponents. Let's talk about that. And the reality was, why am I doing this? Like, I don't want to be on the pro tour. Like, I don't even like. Like, if I get on the pro tour, I'm gonna have to draft Aaron, you hate drafting. Why are you doing this? And it wasn't until I really asked myself, why are you doing this, that the answer was, I don't I don't want to be doing this, you know. Um, and I'll never forget one of the a pivotal moment that always stuck with me was at GP Detroit during Eldrazi winter. I was playing Ad Nauseum. Poor went out for modern Ad Nauseum. She's gone. She's never oh, coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. See me in spirit. Huh? Um and so I was playing uh and so uh Ad Nauseum actually had a decent Eldrazi matchup. And so I was playing the role of Buffy the Eldrazi Slayer that weekend. I played like five Eldrazi decks day one. And I'll never forget I was playing against this guy on black white Eldrazi and he beat me and i i was packing up my stuff and i was signing the slip and we were just sort of talking and then i'll never forget he very quietly was like i don't i don't want to be playing this and i was like wow. I'm, I'm sorry and he was like i hate my deck he's like <laughs> you're having so much fun with yours and i need the i need the top 8 i need to get on the pro tour but this deck is miserable and i'm miserable and i just, just he's like just keep having fun he's like just keep doing what you're doing and he's like i wish i could do that and i was like you poor bastard, you know? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I mean, I just could not imagine that being my life. And so, you know, that was one of those pivotal moments where when I asked myself, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I thought of that person. And just, I never want to be that person. I never want to get up in the morning and not be excited to play my deck. And I never want to get up in the morning and think, oh, God, I have to play in this god forsaken event. I never want to do that. And mm. so um, that was really the moment when I scaled back my, my play um, quite, quite seriously. And, um, you know, I still play it. I still, I'm still a competitive person, but I don't have a desire to be on the pro tour. And I still, I don't go as hard as I I used to where I'll play a vintage challenge here and there, or I'll play some leagues or whatever. But I, I'm very aware of what I'm trying to do and I just channel it differently and, um, you know commander really did kind of change my life in that regard of just really reaffirming like why are you doing this and now when people come to play magic you know commanders everywhere and you yeah, know commander yeah. went from being sort of this dirty little secret and maybe if i had <laughs> come back to magic a few years ago and saw this this current climate i think my magic life would would have been very different but i just didn't see it anywhere you know it was mm-hmm. it was it was played in back rooms it was the the butt of jokes it was you know it wasn't nearly the force that it is now.
0: Yeah, and, and it, gets to show is it, like- it it takes a while to, to turn around a stigma too, and and that can be mm-hmm. a lot of people's perception without even investigating it further. Like, oh, it's Command. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and that's the, the whole thing where it's like spoiler season comes out and I've heard it said before, it's like, oh, the Commander player is going to enjoy that. And
3: it's like, right. oh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I was like, that you know, girl. <laughs> yeah, the totally. <laughs> you would always see that one weirdo that's like, oh, this is perfect in my Vela the Nightclad math deck. And <laughs> I used to be the competitive player that was like, freaking weirdo. You know, like, yeah, I never... Exactly. <laughs> You know, I always th- I used to mock those people too because yeah. I always thought it was silly. And now I'm that girl. Now I'm the girl when spoiler season comes out where it's like, "Oh my god, this is going in my queen mm. deck and I'm going to remove this and get this and get the ultra frame. It's going to be great." And now I'm that weirdo. <laughs> and,
0: and I think that's it. It's 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 opened up to go. This this format is is so all-encompassing that it's very vivid. It's there's there's so much creativity scope. Uh you can realistically the whole point is Finding uh, your four people often kind of contributing to making something quite special happen socially, uh, and as long as you're on the same kind of wavelength, and and like it mm-hmm. can, like we say, it can be as competitive or as casual as you possibly want it mm-hmm. to be, and and having that conversation, as we always say, is the important part. But um, I mean, the, I think you've had some great words on. Um, that's a good one to quiz you on, actually. Like some some great words on establishing that tone, uh, as far as. Making sure you know everyone has their own take on how to rule zero, how to how to, how to have the conversation. Put it under mm. a, a number scale tier thing, whatever. Uh, doesn't always work, but it's no. as, as far as I know, it's. Um, I've heard you have a couple of methods to talk to people about, you know, finding <laughs> that right thing. But understanding also, it's never going to be perfect first off, no. uh, and and at the same time, it's it's you know developing it generally with a group of people is ideal Mm -hmm. but like we are in a stage now we're playing a lot of random people and that's fine but we've (laughs) it's getting that conversation going but yeah what have you found as far as have you played a lot more commander these days i mean you you did have uh you know when when we could go to gps and magic fest of course um a a lot of experience doing that and uh Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of those times you do play random people and just making sure no one's getting crushed or, or no one's bringing a knife to a gunfight type thing but um yeah how how have you navigated that and, and how do you have a a simple way to look at it or is it is it a bit more granular than that
3: i think it's always going to be a little murky i i can't exactly. because it is so yeah. subjective you know i think it's the it's your perspective of what's considered a one through ten versus the person's own self-awareness and what they consider their deck to be. So I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. Um, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think if you are going to, one of the nice things about the Command Fest that we had here in the States and even the debut of the Command Zone, which I was fortunate enough to be there for in Vegas, was we have these little ribbons that you could sort of attach to your lanyard of you're looking for casual, casual, competitive, or competitive. And so nice, that yeah. ribbon was a really nice first step where you could really just sort of see from somebody's badge what they were into. Um, and then once you start the game, I'm a big believer in conversation of, yes, you know, exactly. saying and, and being very forthcoming of like, this is my deck. Um, this is what the deck can do. I usually mention the dollar value. Uh, I tend to be more of a budget player. So I like to mention the fact that I haven't spent a lot of money on my decks. I like to mention the number of tutors I'm running, if any. I like to mention if I have any sort of combos or any synergies that might be sort of dominating. Um, but I'm a big believer of, of having that conversation. I don't think the number system really does it. Just justice no, um, exactly. but i like really just kind of getting it all on the table Like, this is what i'm bringing to the table this is what you can expect from me and if there's one thing i learned from the deck to use it's when you open up to people they will open up to you and yeah, so that's right. if i just put it all out there like <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know then you're more likely to be like well hey she's she's doing that maybe i should do that too and you know i found when you when you when you lead the way of, of being candid people will tend to follow you and so i i've feel like i've had pretty good luck with that um you know obviously there have been some exceptions but i just tend to put it all out there
0: <laughs> yeah the precedent has been said absolutely it's um yeah no i love that a lot and it's it's that's the whole point so i gonna be perfect the, the number systems are really funny too because it reminds me of um i mean the way i've seen for years the bloody video game systems being like it's an eight out of ten and it's like well it's not good enough for me i want to i want to do a nine and it's like can you really, really like boil down a game into one number? Like it''s it's, it's such a uh, a simplistic thing that like it's there's so much more at stake there. and, and same, same goes with like ranking your own deck, like you say there's factors there. It, it definitely helps. I think just normalizing that discussion that it, it, it's always a, a work in progress too that like you say, there's there's things that may not be perfect like the casual casual competitive competitive like you know ribbon type system. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. that's not going to catch everything, but it's going to be a start. And then it, it it's a good icebreaker. Yeah, that's right. And then the conversation takes care of the rest, kind of thing, mm-hmm. too. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, I've always wanted to, you know, see where that goes, and and we're going to keep working at it, kind of thing. But uh, as as last year went, we all learned a lot more about it, setting you know sitting down to uh, virtual tables around the world, and 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 as as that became an important thing. But um, yeah, for sure, um, Chesh had a little question here actually and uh on the topic of commander uh this is a good one actually is dredge viable in commander just just as a quick (laughs) aside
2: this this
3: may come as a surprise (laughs) to you um but i actually don't really i did not start dredging in commander until recently um the only i know i I, I like to, I like to create the illusion that I have range. So, Mm -mm. um, but no, I just recently built a Hogak deck for like $50. And that, that does have the full suite of Stinkweed and Grave Troll and Dark Blast and all of that. But prior to Hogak, I just didn't really run the dredge card. And people, Lord knows people tried. When I, when I built Mildrotha, they're like, Aaron, you need Stinkweed, you need Grave Troll. like, well, that's too obvious. You know, I try not to, I try not to do the obvious thing when I can help it. I might be a very, I might come off as being very predictable and very one note, but I, I do have some tricks up my sleeve and uh no i that that was really the first deck that i i put those in and and they're great for that purpose but i've yeah. heard stories you know i've obviously heard of like broken Rog strategies and things like that yeah. and you know obviously it's great fodder from Moldrotha. and i think my friend alex Ullman, he had stinkweed imp in his Araumi deck so you know obviously yeah. the dredge cards can be fine um i don't really know like i don't really know how I guess it depends how hard you want to go into it, where it's like, are you just trying to dredge, like, occasionally, or are you looking, like... I, um, have that be like the core of your deck. Um, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do like the, 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 the kind of a hundred card singleton extrapolation of, you know, what is essentially like the legacy build or something, which would be just really well, interesting. Well, I know, uh ben,
3: Wheeler, <laughs> uh, ben Wheeler, uh, Ben Wheeler, uh, he, he's a Canadian Highlander deck that's really Ooh, based yeah, on dredge. Yeah. Somebody tagged me in it today. It's gorgeous. And I don't really understand a lot about Canadian Highlander, but I know there's a lot of dredge happening in that one. So I mm. think it is possible. It's just not something I've really. Explore just because I there's too many meals out there for me to try. <laughs>
2: that's a, that's
3: a great <laughs> the great way to put it. You're
1: supposed to be the dredge queen. Oh, I dredge that, in three formats at exactly, least. That's
3: three formats. Game. Like what? Uh, what yeah, is but not in these formats. <laughs> oh, I love Jeez.
0: it. I, I will say Wheeler is an absolute gem, and um, always love uh, Ben Wheeler tag decks. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. There was one when, um, oh, what was it? The Commander deck when. Uh what was I've already forgot the name of the, the colourless creature that's your partner that can go with any any partner commander. The thing. Piper. The Piper. The the the, mm-hmm. the Piper is a colourless Exactly. So Wheeler put together a deck that was like something I think it might have been um ictekic or something, but it was something with a slight oh it was a, a partner, part, it doesn't mean really matter. But then putting the piper with it, and it was the the name was and a slice of lime, and the pipe was just there for the color green, and it was like <laughs> it was like what are you putting? Oh, this green creature as your pipe. I like, saw that's that. Not, that's not the point. <laughs> that's, yeah. That is this is a self expression. This is cool. This is a slice yeah. of lime, and it was such an evocative deck, anyway. But uh, yeah, I remember it,
3: that. Yeah, it's
0: so good. Uh, the Canadian Highlander stuff. I uh, I've never talked about it, but it's I've listened to uh, North One Hundred for years completely without ever playing any Canadian Highlander. I love it. It's just, it's so fascinating to hear how things work in that format. And um, it's, it's the type of thing. You should mention that. Yeah. yeah, Go for it. Because uh,
1: I, I actually was uh, a Highlander player for a while here. Aussie Highlander Highlander though.
3: Like, yep. yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. So, and we've, it, we've it's got funny 60 cards. Your, your yeah, Guardian yeah.
1: Australia, your Gardening Australia deck. That, I had something very similar well, because that, I love playing
0: lands deck. So, yeah, that's, uh, that name, Gardening Australia, I can't take credit for. That came from the Melbourne scene. Oh, of, I know of, you can't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, can, it, was called, called. it was called Burke's Backyard, but that's problematic for reasons mm-hmm. we know as Australians. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a yeah, mm, bit of a pest, that man. Um, but uh, the what was it so yeah canadian highlander is of course a hundred card singleton it's a beautiful format it's there's no sideboard which is very interesting and we've even proxied very locally we've proxied uh some decks even played a little bit my friend was trying to get something going and it's so much fun every game's quite different uh really really interesting stuff sometimes it is just a matter of like jamming a really efficient like two three or something like that but then there's all, you can play like command pretty much anything. Um, the 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 point system's really quite good and and always looked at quite balanced as well as far as like you know uh, having too much power in your deck, whatever. But then of course I don't know much about Australian Highlander, but I know that's got quite the following, of course. And I know I know of some yeah. players around here that, like it's you say, very, you, yeah, it's, it's yeah,
1: it's got a very hardcore core to it. Yeah,
0: um, it's it, it
1: it's extremely competitive. Um, It's not for the casual faint of hearts, I'll tell you that much, Um, but it is a very fun format to play, as you might expect that it should be, Um, simply because, yes, there's decks that are, you know, the top decks constantly all the way, Mm.
2: Um,
1: but also just the, like, navigating new sets and, like, trying new things inside of Highlander is also kind of fun.
0: Um, yes exactly there's, there's an element of, of creativity super, in there it, i think is important still and and there's a lot yeah, of brewing and, and same you're with super creative Can, yeah canadian highlander uh, too
1: yeah if if you're a super creative um i wouldn't i wouldn't touch the format with a 10 foot large pole <laughs> because it is a a, a a very much a winner's format
0: oh true true um, but super, i think i think there's a there's there's some um there's there's a bit of uh scale there too that maybe maybe even more so than something that you you know you're obliged to play four of something or whatever. But um I think the the point Aaron made anyway was like anything can be creative anyway, depending on how you look at it. And that's the point when you think of the the person going, I don't want to play this deck, you know, and it's like feeling like you have to. But at the same time, uh I know you've said before it's like I when you're like, oh I do want to play the, the, the decks that make you happy. Uh and you can do that in in the, you know, and, and creatively too uh in in more competitive formats. It's absolutely it maybe it just means there's probably less wiggle room then something like making a Cephalid Tribal deck and Commander, of course. But you know uh-huh. that's goes comes with the territory, of course. I have to ask the Hogak deck. You said fifty dollar budget. Was that a sneak peek? At, <laughs> is that a uh, is that a scrap trawler's number? <laughs> no, <laughs> is that, that giving away too much? I was going to say the
3: because deck that I, I, I built for. Well I've I'll already been it. on scrap trawlers, and the deck that I built for that was That's my nice, Vanafar nice. deck, which I lovingly call Vana Um I have this <laughs> weird fascination with taking commanders that have a reputation for being busted and making them really fair, yeah yeah uh, I built I love a sharoom deck uh which revolves around god pharaoh's gift, and so mm. there's no there's nothing bro there's no there's no gravestorm there's no sculpting steel I just want to. I just want to put creatures in play that I don't have to pay for and mm. Sharoom helps me do that and same thing with my Vanifar deck I didn't want to do the whole you know go up the chain on turn one into Protean Hulk and call God it a day I deck. really just yeah. wanted to do like a fun fair mid midrange deck and so Vanifar was the deck I built for Scrap Trawlers Hogak I've always been a budget EVH player mm. uh, I've always wanted to build a Hogak deck and I just happened to be cruising through Tapped Out and saw this deck that looked great and looked affordable and I had a lot of the staples already and I my, my Golgari commander was Hapatra which I was kind of falling out of love with and so I was in the market for a new Golgari commander I've been playing a lot of Hogak and Legacy mm. and so I was like let's do it and now I've got it and it's surprisingly powerful despite oh, the yeah. budget and, and it's literally uh, a walking I can, graveyard <laughs> I can usually get Hogak out pretty reliably on turn three um, yeah. if not turn three definitely turn four um, and it's just it's a lot of fun Oh, beautiful! Well, there you go. And it's
0: like, yeah, you get your dredge cards in there. It's it's amazing. It's uh, I might look at that. I've got um Golgari commanders. I've got one in mind. I've had it in my mind for about three years, and it's the weirdest one. Sapling of sap sapling? No, sapling of Colphena which is just I week. had my
3: eye on that one too it's
0: and I like, just couldn't I couldn't you know. it's so strange it draws cards it draws It gets life it does these things in <laughs> Golgari that's probably not meant to and it's indestructible so you're just like do hey I just we gain life it? we have Golgari brown
3: scale that's true that's true we have knot <laughs> of the bone it's fine. You playing, and,
0: and, and green these days green what doesn't green do it's fine exactly pretty it. much yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and, and if some people have their way
0: white's gonna do all of that pretty soon yes that's right we may see a uh, a, a, a dire shift very soon and and wait <laughs> wait for that Gandalf card and next thing you know like Gandalf's oh. drawing a mm, i won't get in that <laughs> um I, no, I think that'd be a fun place and i i mean actually quick aside too i the the discussions um you folks have had on magic mics about that have been really good and and being for the most part, it's like it's good like this is the inevitable kind of next step uh but then being quite um you know objective enough looking at all views kind of thing and even evan said the other day listening might have been a talarian community college video or someone else's uh, he admitted. He goes, well, actually, looking at it that way, that's true. Like looking at all these other IPs that you know, they Warhammer's always been Warhammer. So you know, why? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't gone, oh, why, why can't we get where's Wally or where's you know, like, <laughs> oh, Lord of the Rings in our thing in this this thing? They've, they've kind of stayed tight and and going, well, you know, so it's it's the type of thing we don't know how it's going to play out in in five ten years, but um, it's it's interesting to think about, but at the same time. There was something inevitable inevitable about it and um we'll see, I guess. So yeah. Um the other uh the next point I had was I mean talking about decks you play, that kind of thing, of course. Um I, I can't remember if you've mentioned this time, but if if you've if anyone's ever listened to Aaron on, on one of the podcasts, you'll hear about <laughs> the great Queen a deck. And it's the, there's a point there that I always I always try and make as as, as far as uh when I hear you talk about the Queen a deck, it's just it's it's how to play First it's of all, telling me it. I pronounce it wrong? No, I, 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 I probably do. <laughs> we have
3: some European I've... commenters that I'm sure have had it with my bullshit. They're like, it's Marquesa. Why yeah, is yeah, she yeah. like this? I've heard I've heard ma- Cheesy,
0: <laughs> I've heard Marquesa, my, Marchesa, I've heard everything. It's like, I don't even know anymore. And and I'll probably be... Uh, my
3: boyfriend calls it my blue deck. He's like, that's <laughs> the closest to a control deck Aaron it will get.
0: Exactly, exactly. But uh, I love that you've established an identity for that deck. And it's the way I, I love in, in, in... It's one thing to brew a deck, but it's then another to put a persona on it. And like, a, this is how I'm going to play it. And this is like, this is kind of the way I want to be. And, and you're almost role playing something too, but... Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so how's that gone over? I mean, it's been a couple of years now, too, hasn't it? That deck?
3: Yeah, the Queen Marchesa deck started off as a net deck. I didn't actually start building my own decks until early last year when the pandemic started. And a lot of that was because of my boyfriend, quite honestly. Like, you know, yeah. I've always been a bit of a perfectionist. And, you know, coming from that competitive background where every card has to have its purpose and everything has to yeah. be finely tuned, it, it was so scary for me to get to that point where I could just Build and and have there be maybe some cards that don't fit, or maybe have there there be some cards that aren't ideal. And I would always just hear Carrie's mom in my head going, "They're all going to laugh at you." And your, and your deck is <laughs> what if your deck is what if your deck doesn't work? And what if your deck is bad? And what if this card doesn't work? And you know, yeah. there were all of these things that just kept me from building decks. And it wasn't until you know I started dating my boyfriend that I really just started to learn to embrace those things and uh, and really lean into the the chaos and the fun of it and. Uh, the Shroom deck was the first deck I ever built completely from the ground up, which I'm really proud of. But Marcheza started off as a net deck. I, it was a deck that Saffron Olive built that he didn't publish. Like, I think I was just going through the MTG Goldfish Hub and I saw that he had built this deck and I was like, why did you not want us to know about this? And so the fact that it was like Seth's dirty secret really kind of interested me. Um, and it was, it was fine. Like, it was, it was a fine deck. And then through the years, I've just sort of tuned it and, um, you know, made it more of a control deck and got rid of some of the more in my opinion useless pieces and and turned mm. it into what it is now which is just one of my favorite decks i lovingly refer to it as don't make me get off this couch yeah. um, <laughs> it's it's my it's my blue deck as my boyfriend likes to say and i just i just really really love it oh, i love
0: it and uh, you like I, I remember a couple of times shouting at cards like come up and uh you know the ways yes. it's like oh you're you gonna come <laughs> at me
3: Ooh, okay it's 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 funny because I got to play uh, Command Fest Chicago. I got to play with the Magic Mike super fan named Eric. He invited me to a game with his friends. And they literally brought me this giant, like, stuffed Elizabethan crown. <laughs> and after the game was <laughs> over, he goes, you didn't lose the crown the whole game. And I was like, why would you? Like, if you're building a Monarch deck, you're not building a Monarch deck to lose the Monarch. You build it to fucking keep it. And so yeah, yeah. I just think it's so funny that every time I play that deck, people are like, you didn't really... You didn't really lose it, and like, because you're not supposed to. Like, you <laughs> Who builds a monarch deck to say, you know what? I'm just going to give it to people. Nobody, and the, uh, so that's that's Jared a compliment Carthalian,
0: to me. Unless you're Jared Carthalian, but that's another card exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like but a, yeah, no, I'm the mother flipping queen. I love it. It's exactly. so good. Um, also, yeah. shout out to Nick. Have we not said Nick's yes. name yet? Oh, Nick has been, <laughs> and I, I want to I say just such a, a positive influence for, like, there's a few people out there, especially, like, and, and the, the last year has been uh, really doubling down on what I love about Commander and then, like, just ramping that up to 99 because of the people that have influenced me, that, that, that kind of thing. But to see what Nick puts out for decks, the ideas... And when Nick says, like, he's brewing three decks a day, like, just just honest, oh, yeah? I'm like I'm like, you're mad. I, I love it. I love it.
3: He bre- he built me a Yidris deck when we first started talking. And, you know, I remember back in my day, we made mixtapes for people. You know, you would yes. give a girl a cassette if you liked her. You that's would give so a girl right. a, a CD if you liked her. It, nowadays you build a girl a deck. That's the way you show you that you like yeah. her. And, um, and so yeah, that's one of the things I've always admired about him and that I love about him is, you know, he is always brewing and he does have such a different approach and he's so aware of his impact on the game. And it means, yes. it yeah. means a lot to him that everybody has a good time. I remember he had a Sir Conrad deck. I, I think he still has it. He he takes them apart so capriciously, which <laughs> I can't do. It's almost like yeah. killing my children. Then but my Like yeah, he'll exactly. build a deck and then two days later he's over it. I don't really yeah. understand it. But he had a Sir Conrad deck, and I'll never forget. He tried putting Crank in it. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we all were miserable, and he felt <laughs> genuinely bad about it. And he was like, you know, I That's don't really want to create me. that sort of game. I want yeah, everybody yeah. to have fun. And I. I just really respect that about him that he just he's very aware of his impact on the table and you know he never wants to do anything to make sure that anybody's having a good time and um and that's rubbed off on me as well you know he's mm-hmm. made me look at the decisions that i make as a commander player the cards that i include i remember when tiny bones came out yeah, i was really yeah. enthralled with tiny bones like a lot of us was and nick was like i can't i can't build it he's like i know and, and, and i was really excited to build it but he was like I just know people are, are not going to have a good time, and that's something I would have never thought of before. I would have just been like, "Fuck yeah, Tiny Bones," and, <laughs> and just kind of ran whole hog into it. But, you got no you know, hands. The, <laughs> right? But hearing the way that he looked at it, he was like, "I just," he's like, he like, "I just don't see that being a, a card that's going to create a lot of good games or it's going to yeah, create some yeah. feel good games," and that made me reconsider that in a way that I wouldn't have before. You know, I would have just put my needs first and just said, you all can deal. And now I don't really do that as much anymore. I'm not great about it, but um, I've gotten better than I was. And it's because of, of his influence.
0: Yeah, no, I respect
1: that
3: yes, so much. Nudge, nudge, tiny bones, nudge. nudge. What, I do?
0: I, what <laughs> tiny bones isn't obosh? It's fine. There's kind of a bit of discard, but it's
3: it's it's <laughs> di- it's discard if like wheeling. You know what I mean? I took out all the stuff. I like, still like to find like a fair way to do it. Like I said, I like yeah, to I like that exactly. challenge. But I just remember when it first came out, though the he's like, you know, I, I just can't really do that to people.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the interesting part of the game that it continues to unravel in complexity in an amazing, fascinating way. But there's people uh, like Nick that go—they're just a great example of being conscious, like constantly aware of like that what you're putting out onto the table and how much fun it is for people. And I think that's the thing. It's like it's—it's it's very easy for people to go, "Oh, that just means keep everyone alive and and you know just just don't go for the wins." Like, no, not necessarily. Like, the, we're all after a game where ultimately i think we all love a game when it comes down to the wire we're all on the same page and and that's that's Mm -hmm. what it's about and and just being it's it's self-reflection and then being able to be aware of what what your cards are doing to the table as well and then that's that opens the door for creativity absolutely and i found myself going all right let's anti-staple this for a second and go well i'm gonna take out a sun titan and it's taken me years to do this it's like be comfortable just going I'm not going to play it I don't care I'll switch mm-hmm. it out for something weirder and 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 yeah. more edge case or the things that as I like to say and I'm kind of on forever a drive to find more of these cards the cards that just inherently spark a conversation if they get mm-hmm. someone talking for whatever reason that is a healthy thing and it and it kind of goes back to what you said before it 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 helps the momentum of the table and we gel a bit more synergistically we're just moving, you know, moving away from that that kind of board state or the, the the game state where everyone's like, I play this, I pass, and I don't say a word, and it's like, no, this is a social format. Let's all get involved mm-hmm. and find a way to do it. So, no, for sure, love it. Um, the. There's another question uh, chesh had here um what was the first thing you look at at for a commander oh, hold on what is the first thing you look at for commander when a, a new set drops i mean I guess apart from the um you know the decks you have but um is it different effects now
3: uh well you said you know you hit the nail on the head you know I try to look for existing cards in my existing commander decks you know I take stock of the Ten or eleven? I can't believe I have ten or eleven decks. Who, yeah, who am you're, I? You're that person I now? I <laughs> <down>? <laughs> what a You know, night. but I think back of the commanders that I have, and I try to see what cards would be a natural fit for those. And then, you know, I have a couple commanders that I consider to be waiting in the wings, where I just feel like I don't really have enough cards to really build them. Where, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I, I've I, just cards you you just need a couple more things. Pashalik Mons was like that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really wanted to build a Pashalik Mons deck, and I was just a couple goblins short. It was just a couple tools short. And then, you know, some, some set came out or some cards came out and I was like, got it. This is exactly what I needed. So, you know, I think back of those commanders where, you know, they're just on the brink. You know, I just need a couple more cards. And, you know, I try to see if that new set has any cards to really seal the deal on those. And, um, and otherwise that, that's really it. You know, I've mm. mentioned that I like a lot of things to be organic and I'm the same way when I go shopping, when I go clothes shopping, I have no idea what I'm looking for yeah. until I, it finds me where it's like, I need that sweater. I need these jeans. I didn't go into this looking for jeans, but the jeans just sort of found me. And that's yeah. the same way with, with previews, is just sort of looking at the image gallery and I don't really know what I'm looking for, but when I find it, it's on. <laughs> yeah, I, I
0: love it. And, and, and you keep your eyes open a bit more for that kind mm-hmm. of stuff too. And I, I like that. That's like, uh, it's definitely, I mean, I look around my desk now and there's, I call it the shop. Like there's just, there's half built decks because they're just piles oh, yeah. of cards until they might organically form into something in about three months time. And it's just like mm-hmm. when the right cards speak to me at the right time, that's, that's fine. I've got one, Mariah of the Frost. A lot of the uncommons from Coldheim, I just love them. I just, I think they're really cool. But Mariah of the Frost is going to be imposter syndrome because um, it's a topic that speaks to me. <laughs> but um, it's just <laughs> going to be copying everything, that kind of thing. But no, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Rather than going, I'm going to build a deck right now. Sometimes they do build really quickly. That's fine. Mm-hmm. um but you know al- allowing it a bit of time is is a um, is a great message there of course mm-hmm. and, but at the same time everyone's different like we say so you know by yeah. all means love it so um keen keen to find out like how much um yeah how much how much more did you get involved do you find last year as far as like you know the inevitable i have to say the c word not that c word Chesh. um (laughs) but the way of of course this is this is kind of the 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 crux of most topics i get to the heart of it and it's it's been the the opportunity for reflection that kind of thing but also the thing there's opportunities that I we we wouldn't have done a lot of this. We wouldn't be in touch with people, uh, you know, in the states, and and making connections like we did, and playing commander with people. We we you know mm. never probably would have, unless a crisis happened. Which of course the crisis happened, and I, I wouldn't really wish it again. Of course, but we have to look at ways of opportunities, but. How did you find your commander uh, playing change uh, last year? As as far as like you know, we've we're all relegated to our homes. We've got to jump on webcams, that kind of thing. And and did that did that light a fire at all? Uh, was it Nick's influence as well? Like you know, did, did that help as well? Like you know, being around the master brewer.
3: Well, I think we all we all watched Commander go from just being a format or just something we did for fun. To being a lot of people's lifelines where people weren't buying webcams to play modern people weren't buying microphones to play standard they were buying these these items so that they could play webcam commander and you know for a lot of people commander was their outlet where you couldn't go to restaurants you couldn't go to bars you couldn't go anywhere. You know, you couldn't see family. And so this was your social interaction. This was mm. your, you know, this was your way of expressing yourself. This was your way of staying sane, quite honestly. And um this really did this format really brought out the gathering in people over 2020 and even for continuing into 2021 in a way that I don't think any format really has. And and Commander mm-hmm. has always done that, but it really ramped up because of the pandemic. And mm. um and and I, I think that's amazing and that's that's miraculous. And so for me, I just really wanted to keep that going. And it was my social interaction too. You know, I do have a boyfriend, but I I, am—I do live alone and I do work from home. And so, you know, for me, that was my interaction too, you know, because I wasn't seeing my friends and my boyfriend was only coming over every other weekend and we weren't going anywhere for the first couple months. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, this was my outlet too. This was, I'm normally an extrovert and I've gotten a little awkward in the last year or so just because I'm not getting out as much. And so, you know, for a lot of people... Not getting your reps in, you know, like I find that yeah so for a lot of people this was this was it for them and so you know mm. when we did have the virtual command fest i made it a point too i'll play with anybody like i'm just throwing yeah. my name out there on twitter and if you want to get a game tag me let's do this and just like in the just like the paper commanders where i was going from sun up to sundown let's just let's just keep this going let's keep people interested let's keep people engaged let's keep people talking and and anything i can do to help i mean the thing about having a platform like this is what's the point if you can't do some good right and you know even if i can't necessarily go and like i may not be able to volunteer in a soup kitchen or i may not be able to you know do what some people would consider to be like real work but you know i can donate money and i can also just keep people talking you know this is something i can do (laughs) and if that's something i can do if this is a service i can perform why not do it right yeah, exactly
0: no I, I love that a lot and, and it's it's kind of it, you, you touched on exactly that it was a lifeline um and i think greater than people ever thought it would be and and um mm. there's another point there it's, it's it was the yeah commanders had the following everything but it was like that final i feel like it was the final kind of uh piece in changing that stigma of what commander can be and and a lot more people understand the awareness yeah we still get issues and debates every day about what cdh is versus casual and all you that you really or... do i feel oh, like every time a, i turn exhaustive. around i mean i'm not following those
3: people but yeah. I, I tend to hear the reaction to the reactions and yeah. i'm just like every time i turn around y'all are fighting about something
0: oh it's it's, it's full on and um but you, like you say the um the representation thing uh you, you mentioned early on is is the thing that i think uh i've made a point before it's like it's it's remembering that like the heart of this game is still kitchen table it's still Mm -hmm. you know commander um and and that kind of brought that to the forefront and going okay well everyone can play this and and you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's, it was when you need a social outlet the most that's what it's about and we can play commander we can do things but exactly but um yeah i mean that being said uh do you have any do you have any lofty kind of visions and and and, um do you, have, do you have any, do you know, do you know where the, you think the game is going to go after this and and like any, any predictions at all? Or do you think it's all up in the air as far as like what it means with product and community and um, do you have
3: any hopes or concerns? Um, I mean, it's interesting as somebody who is part of a news show, it, it is my responsibility to keep my finger on the pulse of magic and on the pulse mm. of the community. And so I spend a lot of time taking in, people's opinions and their fears and their hopes and their concerns and you know magic is a very different game than it was when i was growing up i've been playing since ice age uh, Fallen Empires, uh, I was around for Tempest, the original Weatherlight crew and all of those sets. And so I've been playing a really long time and, you know, the game is changing and, and Hasbro and Wizards have made it very clear what they're here for and what they're all about. And I, I think it's a very crucial time where they're not, they're not going to be what you want them to be anymore. Yeah. They're not going to be what you remember them to be. And they've made it very clear where they're going and, I'm not going to say that somebody should leave if they don't like that, but mm. I think we need to be honest with ourselves that this is this train isn't stopping anytime soon. And so, you mm. know, we might wish it were something else, we might wish it was a different time, but this is what it is now. And we either accept that and and enjoy it for what it is or you know, maybe we need to move on. And, and so, um, I'm just, I mean, magic is very clearly not dying. I think magic's going to be around yeah, for a very yeah. long time. Whether or not it's going to be anything we recognize, I, I don't really know. But, um, you know, I'm, it's also important when you, when you are part of a new show to recognize that while you can't necessarily relate to something, it doesn't invalidate that. And so, That's you know, right. I don't have a problem with the walking dead. You know, I don't have a problem with commander products that are being made for commander players, but there are people out there who do have genuine concerns about that. and who do have genuine fears and that's okay um it's just not something i can really relate to so i i don't really have much problem with wizards these days but um you know there is a section of the community that does and i just hope they're able to you know make peace with that somehow or find some sort of resolution um whether it be moving to another game or whether it be accepting magic for what it is now um I just hope they're able to get to to one of those points.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great point. And um, it's something I keep thinking about. It's actually, I mean, it was a great conversation we had with Coach Davey about that, which was uh, he kind of hypothesized the idea of like, what happens when the game dries up? And like, what would happen? Like, and we've got to be kind of almost comfortable with that, like that idea. And for some people that it's, uh, and to each their own, of course, but it's like, that is, I, I can't fathom that. And that would be the end of the world type thing. And it's like, well, this is driven by a company and and the company mm-hmm. wants to make money whether the games for us in that many years whatever like let's it's uh, it's kind of you know we can help steer that of course because the community does have somewhat of a say -hmm. But it's at the end of the day, it is a company making these calls.
3: Uh, But I think that's something we've really had to come to terms with, specifically over the last year or two, is that Wizards is a business. You know, for a while there, I think we kind of wrapped ourselves in this delusion of you know you see Gavin Verhey and you saw Helen Berjo for a long time, and you you know you saw the. You know, you saw Ashiok and you saw Caneos and Tiro and you saw, you know, Hasbro or Wizards marching in pride parades and you thought, These people are my friends and, mm-hmm. and to be clear, I am friends with people who work for Wizards of the Coast. But Wizards of the Coast itself as an entity in Hasbro they're not your friends. They are mm-hmm. a business. And, um, you know, and we've really seen that over the last year or two, particularly with some of the warts that have recently been revealed in terms of, um, you know, how people of color might have been treated there or how, yeah, yeah. you know, we saw the demise of Nissa and Chandra. And so that's, that's a point that people have really had to come to terms with and can, are continuing to come to terms with, with this new walking dead thing and with what some people are perceiving to be money grabs. They're a business. And, um, that's something people are really, really having to, to deal with with uh lately is you know despite all of the warmth and the fuzziness and the personalities you love they have shareholders to answer to (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly and that's the way i've always
0: imagined it you know like your mind can just be like uh probably simple oversimplify things of course but um you know going well here's the creative side and i i resonate with this in my everyday job then you know where i'm i do creative work for digital stuff but you're serving a client half the time, and the client mm-hmm. has different expectations, and sometimes they can really, really dismantle your work to be degraded into nothing. Because it's like, why exactly. can't you just make this happen? And that's understandable. It's like you, you, everyone's got a different perspective and a different agenda and a different kind of uh, stock of things that matter. And I just imagine in my head, like say the uh, the boardroom of going. Uh, they're all folding their arms and like I don't care what the community means. I want to make more money and like that is a simple way to look at it. But sometimes it, you know, like it's reality. It, it's it's just how some you know it's how business works sometimes. Exactly right. You know,
3: like like a lot of conversations, there's a lot of nuance and context there. You know, I remember mm. I remember when the Chandra thing, thing thing happened and they were like, you know, Wizards is homophobic and Wizards doesn't care. And I was like, no, mm. I was like, I, I do believe that the people who 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 went to bat for this really did believe in that. And yeah. you know there. Was was a disconnect between the corporate side and, and and the flavorful side, and I think both of those things can be true. I don't think it's as simple to say, "Well, Lassie didn't care." Yeah, Wot-Z exactly. Did. I don't think it's that simple. And, <laughs> There's a lot of people. Um, that and make I up think that exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I do think that you know that's. Um, where we're at in terms of magic being a product right now is it is a product it is created by a company and we need to make peace with that and and that's something that needs to be taken into consideration when we have these opinions about the walking dead and things like that is mm. they are a business <laughs> no, i love it and um i mean kind
0: of the, the point we'll make it before too it's like yes yeah, it's, it's it's making peace the idea too that like there is more than magic uh you know and it's it's we mm-hmm. where you often spend half our our podcast talking about other things other than magic that's uh,
3: and, I, I and I didn't and identity excuse me an identity tied up in magic as well you know, yes like,
0: yeah exactly like it's it's that's that's a kind of vulnerable spot to be in um mm-hmm. you're gonna be at the the whim of a company and it's 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 probably it's going to be difficult you know <laughs> especially mm-hmm. moving forward so um yeah. yeah as we like to do it's it's we we love to talk about everything else outside of the, the world of magic if everyone's interesting that kind of thing so um uh we we are going to slot over to our guest profile questions in a hot second but we did have a little segment here i uh, i I'm, I'm new to putting these in the uh, episodes thanks to what chesh did last week he just snuck these up on me but i was like i'm gonna ask for questions and people can yeah do the thing um i'm not gonna answer all the questions i'm not gonna place in all the listener questions uh that we had from this week because there's too many uh I was really astounded people and like uh kind of answered the call which was really nice uh and there's also a couple here that i could do whole episodes about i'm not gonna lie so shout out to um <laughs> uh, to to jeremy um on something i'll
3: answer as long as they're positive i'll answer anything yeah
0: definitely definitely uh, i said okay. the weirder the better and then i think there are a few that were pretty um you know <laughs> straightforward straightforward like magic ant uh questions which is fine and so i thought i'd cover those here and we can get into our weird questions which are our personal okay. ones i.e the pineapple and pizza etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, <laughs> i'm just going to pick out three for the moment um that you know everyone can answer to be that clear kind of i am
3: willing to do more so just oh yeah, yeah no no so okay. I-, I was going to
0: pick out three from the listeners and then the rest are going to be our ones and they always go on Marvelous and wonderful tangents, anyway, okay. which is which is great. So the uh, to to keep it in magic for the hot hot second, uh, and I'll get at it for a second. But um, lovely Andy Flory, uh, shout out at Flory, love him. Oh, I love Andy. Um, says which set released in the past year has had the most influence on your current suite of commander decks? And I, I guess yeah, you can start first,
3: Aaron. But I guess we'll all chime in. I'm just, I mean, I'm looking back on, I, I <laughs> built so many decks last year. I mean, mm. I built Sharoom, I built Pashalik Mons, I built Cathrol. Gosh. Um,
0: I've even got to look at the sets that actually came out. And, um, <laughs> and, and then I think I half, half to them to will surprise off my me socks too. I was and, like, whoa. Yeah. That's,
3: that's, mm. That was a huge. gosh. I mean, a, to answer on the spur of the moment, I, I would have to say that that last commander product, the commander Ikoria, because I'd been wanting Ooh. to build a Voltron deck for a really long time, and that was a style of commander deck that I wasn't able to really piece together. And then Cathrill came out, and and that was a perfect combination of graveyards and Voltron. And mm. uh, I, I really, really love my Cathrill deck. It, it was just one of those decks that really came together. I, I know it was a precon, but nobody, I don't. I personally do not tend to play pre-cons right out of the box. I always do mm. some sort of tweaking. And that was a deck where all of the tweaks just worked right away. The deck just gelled. Um, you know, I love it. I love the way that it plays. So, I, I, you know, without having more time to really think about the answer, I'd probably <laughs> say that I a Commander set because that was just, it was really nice to check Voltron off my list while also still being faithful to what I love to do, which is play with my graveyard.
0: Yeah, Catharal Rocks. I, th- I think that um, that particular Abzan deck was was filled with some really cool stuff. Like I've seen some great Tyam decks as well around, but like each of oh, them man. had their own identity and they did some really interesting things, absolutely. But, um, Jesh, what was yours? I've not noticed sets this
1: year as much as most people. Mm. <laughs> because, all right, so let's face it, we had a commander-centric set. And that's where all my attention
0: was.
2: Just one? You (laughs) could argue they've all been commander centric. Your answer
0: is every. Exactly. Exactly.
1: One of them was more commander centric than all the others. Yep. Let's face it. uh, Because it was specifically designed for commander. Mm. Um, Again. And that's. (laughs) That's had the biggest impact on me. Okay. Um, But, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what has come out this year? Like, it's been a weird. Well, I mean, right, even going back the last twelve months, it's been a, like a weird blur. Do, to do me we when include it comes the to, like magic sets? Yeah. Do we
0: include the last things that have just come out? Like even Coldheim. I think I've even I've used a lot from Coldheim. Uh, it's been well, very good. But I hated Coldheim. Yeah, see, exactly. To each their own. Oh you know? wow! Horses for courses. <laughs> so.
1: Just, just wasn't my jam. But, but then I
0: have no love for it at all. But then you jam back and you go. It was yeah, Commanded Legends. It was Zendikar Rising. It was Core Twenty Twenty One, which everyone forgot about. Uh, Icoria was huge. I think Icoria had a, a, a pretty massive impact. <laughs> and then Theros, which everyone was like, "What? Theros started Twenty Twenty? That's right." It was um... <sighs> who cares about Theros? <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, the, the the other forgotten one, um, Jumpstart, was you know. I mean, it was more just a collection of cards rather than you know. But um, jumpstart doesn't. Yeah, I'm not counting that at I all. I still, I still have uh, at all. I love a lot of the stuff um, that if, did add. But
1: if I was to look at anything, it would have to be Ichoria simply because yeah. of
0: the um the mutate commanders. Oh yeah, true. You had a lot of fun with those. They were. But, I had
1: so much fun with those commanders,
0: and and like we say, it's it's all personal taste too. I still feel like I look at mutate and I go, "Ah, there's something that's too fussy or too hard," or like, and it's not. I know that I made a into deck. I agree. It's, there's <laughs> something that doesn't feel. I don't know what it is, and I can't rationalize it, and it's it's very irrational why I think this. But I look at a, a mutate card and go, "I just put this in my Mazurek Golgari deck, whatever." My God, like, ah, it's a mutate card. It kind of feels like it's got to be its own thing somewhere else. And I don't know why. It's just a strange little irrational thing. But anyway. Almost that like you include a mutate card and you're obliged to just double down and put fifteen mutate cards in or something. I don't know. It's, yeah. I agree. It's, it's a strange feeling anyway. But um I, in saying <laughs> that I really should just play like uh what was the one you played, Cheshire Tremi, which was you thought it was gonna be okay and it was ridiculous fun. Yeah, yeah, true me. The, the, uh, uh, yeah, the Ever playful. Yeah, the Everplay playful Yeah, you had fun with those pre-cons. They were good. So, um, I mean, the, the, yeah, personally I'll say, yeah, the easy answer is Commander Legends. There's so much from that. Um, there's even just, I guess, little things. Like, I mean, I could chalk up all my decks with Thought Vessels and, and Arcane Signants. Not that I feel like I have to these days. Like, I try and find something a bit more thematic for the build if possible. I don't ever want to go, this is just a default card that goes in the deck uh But like I say, Coldheim yeah, might have even been. If we're talking last year or so, like Coldheim actually had a ton of stuff. I'm adding now in interesting ways. It helped fuel the cleric deck. It was the last thing I needed for Kalia, Zenith Seeker, which is find four really hard to find demons and win with Liliana's contract. Have not made it easy for myself, but I love it. And the rest of the deck is just all clerics. Uh, that was that was fun yeah command legends was huge kind of thing um other than that uh i don't know icoria is a nice season too because of uh i think Trilands were pretty huge too and there's a bunch of little pieces i think subtle pieces that you find now you're like oh these actually are really really kind of starting to take place in a lot of decks because they just feel goods. like the garrick's uprising is that the one where you draw a card with a Creature four or greater, I think when it if you have one, then when one enters and then all your yes. stuff has trample. It just does a lot of things that you're doing in two or three cards beforehand, you know, things like that. Uh there's there's even things like um in where was it? I mean the MDFCs were huge in 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 Zendikar Rising, but I'm hesitant as well to go, these just belong in every deck. Uh it's but for the most part they kind of do sometimes, be it like the 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 Balakhead recovery Maybe even that little mana dork, I love putting that in. It just, you know, it just feels nice because it's a cute card and it's very cool. And <laughs> it's nice to have a mana dork that can be a land if you need it. If, if you, you play that as a land, you're probably in bad shape, but anyway, that's fine. So, no, exactly. But I think, yeah, pound for pound, I think everything, a lot of stuff I built came from Commander Legends and. Know, and and so it should be kind of thing so yeah nice all right next one was uh all right fitz disciple bowl says this mm. <laughs> uh at at mr fitzy Fitz is uh on the twitters but uh we love fitz uh what's your most fun edh deck to play against and your least fun edh deck to play against and this can be an archetype or a, a single deck whatever
3: <laughs> oh uh, gosh um Again, having to answer on, on short notice. Um, <laughs> I would say one of my favorite decks to play against. I have to shout out to my friend's happy to She, she yep. has, she has this joyra deck and it. <laughs> The thing about Tappy is, if you're playing EDH with her, she's probably already had at least a beer, and so <laughs> the deck itself is incredibly powerful. But watching her try to piece together the win is just so entertaining because she does it in the most like ramshackle way possible. And so, mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know you're about to experience some bullshit because it, it is like a serious tune <laughs> competitive deck. But on the other hand, like she has no idea how to she how to play it after a couple of drinks, it. and so usually, and I think the professor even recorded a video of him playing with her and Olivia one time where she's just trying to and Olivia's got like her head in her hands and it's just like are you done and so, so I'm always happy to play against Tappy and I'm always happy to lose against her because just watching her go from 0 to 10 is an adventure in and of itself so always happy to play with Tappy one of my one of my best friends from the local area I, I really love her Um and decks I don't like to play against um I'm trying to think of something that's like my, I know what that is my friend Caleb has a Marath deck mm. And Morav is one of those cards that just does so much. And and you read the card. So, like, you look at the card and you take in everything that the card says. And then you put the card back. You give it back to your friend. Can I read it again? (laughs) And then he does something. And you're like, it, it does that too. And then you yeah. take the card back, and you're like, God damn it! And it just it slices, <laughs> it dices, it julienne's, it ruins your day. I just hate his Marath deck. And I love my friend Caleb, but every time he plays <laughs> that deck, I just am like, what? Oh, and I appreciate so much. It just so makes much. my soul hurt. I
0: appreciate so <laughs> much. So any any food analogy with uh, with commander? Anyway, I've joked about putting our decks on a tier list of teas, so like Earl Grey okay. to yeah herbal uh, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Of course, I think you do anything the cheese tier, of course. But, like, the fact that you can describe a Marath Tech doing julienne like the carrots, <laughs> like, yes, perfect. Because it does kind it of got all does, little counters it does there everything
3: and they're perfect. Yeah. And just. Uh.
0: It's precise, it hits exactly where it needs to, when it needs oh well, it's just it's frustrating. And its <laughs> butt's on fire. Like what's going on in the art? Like, I love it.
2: That's
3: <laughs> how it feels when you lose to it, too. <laughs> it's
0: terrible. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Uh Chesh, favorite or non favorite or both to uh you know, decks you love to play against All right, or don't. So
1: let's let's go with both. Um so <laughs> both. Let's start with my uh ab absolutely least favorite. Fucking deck to play against yeah. stacks.
0: Oh, I thought you meant you were going to boil them. I is. thought you to boil them into one question that was like in- incredibly no. elaborate. It's like oh, no. I love and hate this. No. Do do I look like a supervillain? Yes.
3: I mean, you did describe no, yourself no. as having purple hair, former goth. So, oh yeah, it's, it's... not a leap <laughs> to assume. So, did someone have the <laughs> oh, tweet great. the other day
0: like uh, 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 that use a picture of you as the final boss? And I think you got a lot of those, <laughs> Chesh. Like. <laughs>
1: Wait, somebody used a picture of me as a final <laughs> no, boss? No, no, no. That was like,
0: <laughs> post a picture of yourself as the final boss of like a video game. And it was like, yeah, Shesh has a few
2: of them. Oh, just okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, that's <laughs> that's, all that's just me every day. wake up Exactly. Um... Yeah, stacks, I can't, I can't, st- even stacks adjacent, uh, like, you know, mono blue bounce stacks. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand any deck okay, that prevents people from playing magic. Of course, yeah. Like, that, that to me is just the epitome of, like, just being shit at the table. Mm. Um, much worse than, like, a three card combo, uh three turn combo, you know, much worse than a deck that is time walking you for three turns before it kills you. Mm. Um, which is still acceptable, frustrating, but acceptable. Because, you know, at least you're still taking those turns to kill somebody and you're not, like, taking 10 turns and, like, now I can kill you. Yeah. Because um, it's like, no, fuck off. <laughs> um, my most favorite deck to play against actually is the aforementioned Time Warp type decks that are just, like, take multiple turns in a row um, to kill somebody, but within reason, knowing that you have the kill... And looking at the table and going, I have three extra turns that I can take now to kill you all separately, or you can all concede, what would you like to do? you like to play I've against I've been in that? those situations. I, I do. Oh. Right? Because, and, and the easy explanation is the game has generally gone on long enough ah, for that to be gotcha. set up. No, no one has been able to foil this particular person's plan. It's usually by like turn 10 or 11. So, you know, enough turns have happened where somebody could have taken this player out. This player has likely been at the table and not been a threat at all. You've probably been sitting there going, what is this deck doing besides nothing? Like, he's just, you know, they're just playing creatures and and building their board state. And then all of a sudden, like, smack you in the face and kill you, take an extra turn, smack you in the face and kill you, take an extra turn, smack you in the face and kill you. Mm. I've now won the game on turn 10. I'm absolutely fine with that, and generally speaking, those are the kind of fun decks I like. I like to play against that I think are fun because watching somebody just assemble that kill out of nowhere and like absolutely ride the politics of the table to the point where you don't consider them a threat, yeah. and then they kill you out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, now it all makes sense. I should have seen this coming, and you absolutely did did the best thing in the world by slipping under the radar and going
0: you know what you know what
2: i'm a sneaky
0: (laughs) sneak i love it um so i'm gonna say my i'll start with you know what i think i'll start the negative first and compliment sandwich sandwich it that way i guess and we can finish with the the positive one but the uh the ones i don't like to play against uh this kind of goes back to it's more a concept rather than just a single deck but it's like it's when people clearly misread the room or like they've Intentionally in a way uh, Gone They know they're playing against newer players They know they're playing against Like it's even been established For playing kind of more casual decks And, And this thankfully hasn't happened for a very long time But if anyone's ever deceptive about Kind of managing those expectations and going, Oh, yeah, I'm playing a casual deck. It's fine. It's like, it's nothing. And Flash Hulk comes out or something, or like the yeah, <laughs> ROP Flash Hulk. Uh, but it was, and then I guess it is embodied in a deck I used to play against. And um, I won't name names, but it was someone. And it was that concept and that idea of bringing a like a chain gun to a fist fight. And it's like, what, what are you doing? like it? And it's not bringing anything <laughs> to the conversation. It's not bringing anything to uh, the love of the game or anything like that. It is just literally stomping people. It's the joke people say. It's like, you know, that does happen. Like, it's very rare. But if someone... It's a person issue, of course. If that someone... Ha- like, you can play what you want. But, like, if that's if you're having fun that way and, like, you're bringing something to a table and it's like, well, everyone's even just said they're on pre-cons and stuff and you're still cool to play that, you, you know, whatever, that's fine just gunning for a turn three a turn two turn three like flash hulk back when it was uh thrasios and timna i think that's still a deck but you know it's basically it's it's mismatching uh social reads that kind of things but in a way that was like very clearly defined i was like oh you can just bring something and contribute it's like no you even tried to play it down just so you could crush people and it's like there's that's that's the kind of thing i hate um and then conversely, the thing I love uh, playing against Is pretty much any deck with heart And, like, people have made creative choices That mean something to them Shout out Davey playing Wanderer's Twig And then people going, why are you playing something else It's not Wanderer's Twig And it's like, it's fucking Twig Like, it's the best Like, it's just, play it because you love it And, like, uh, and you make creative choices I shout out to Joel from uh, the Lexicon community, Enthrallment. I always, always have a smile when I play him. He's got, he's made decks that, yeah, yeah, I'm getting painful quandrid and and smashed by his his yearlock group Slug. I, I actually really like playing against Group Slug, actually. It's fun. It's like the game's going quicker, there's a, there's a drama, there's a ticking time bomb, and it's like I'm not I, even upset. Look, I just I like couldn't even remove slug. the pieces. There was just too many of them kind of thing. I like Group Slug. It's as fun. As it's not like, yeah. The he version doing that things, but he was just like, oh well, here's another timer, here's another timer, and it's like, yeah, this is great. Um, but he he's also got a de- the Puck on Holden deck that uh, is so personal to him. Uh, and it doesn't even matter what's in the deck Apart from like pet cards he lives, But it's got the best alter I've ever seen Of him and his dog Is Paco and Holden And I'm like that means a lot to me And then I mean Fitz uh, Who who kind of Fitz actually asked the question Like it's Fitz has one of these Which is um, Yannette and he's like, Is everyone cool if we can, uh, if I have Obosh as my partner? I'm not doing any red in the deck or anything. I'm like, Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm, that's a that's a rule zero thing. And both are altered, I believe. But like, they're such a cool pairing because they care about odd numbers and they naturally go together. But the rules dictate that hybrid mana, whatever, all that stuff. So Fitz has clearly put a lot of love into that deck and it's awesome. Right? And, and I think if I can ever see that, that's my favorite deck to play against and it makes me smile for sure. So, um, i love it um the last question was and this is pretty much exclusive just exclusively just for chesh so um chesh can feel like he's uh he's had a bit of you know time in the podcast and that kind of thing i'm kidding you can talk whenever you want chesh um <laughs> curious homunculus yeah, uh our beloved rich like <laughs> uh, at edh homunculus on uh on twitter uh says what was chesh's wrestling character slash gimmick
1: Oh, do we have to bring this up?
0: No, I can, you can do another okay. time if you want. <laughs> I,
1: I was absolutely not going to answer this um, because it's a, lo- a very long story. Um, not, not the name and the naming because that's very easy. Well, uh, give us, give I, us I a dress-
0: synopsis then and then we'll do a whole story yeah, episode d- thing, whatever.
1: Well, we won't even need that. <laughs> um, uh, so basically I was uh, the gothic kid at one point. Um, at another point, I was called uh, El Dominia mm-hmm. because they were like, we want a, want a more sinister name. And I was like, sure, what about El Dominia? They're like, that's perfect. It sounds like a Spanish demon. And I was like, it really doesn't. And they decided to run with El Dominia yeah. um, and I wore a mask for a while. Um, but generally speaking, my whole thing was um, imagine the Hardy Boys, but with less chains more makeup uh my massive mohawk and far less high risk moves so i moved more like matt hardy um than jeff hardy yeah and if anyone knows wrestling they'll understand that basically jeff hardy is a stupid ass risk taker who like jumps from the tallest ladder he can to try and put on a good show whereas matt hardy is more like a a a worker inside the ring um and does some very safe moves other than his like um his uh leg drop which every time i looked at that leg drop i'm like your tailbone has to be fucked by now yeah because uh, you're literally just dropping straight down in your tailbone um those mats it, it, it's funny because i had to explain to people, oh they're like, hard right <laughs> they're hard they're 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 a flex but they're like they have flex to them but they're extremely hard so dropping on those over and over and over does damage your body yeah um, you know, getting thrown from the top rope onto a wrestling ring does hurt your body. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I got out of it because I actually stuffed my back doing that. Like, not terribly, but to the point where it was like, you can keep wrestling for maybe another five years if you're lucky. Oh, yeah. Or you can get out there with some back pain and, and manage it. You know yeah, you got to be um, realistic I about know, those I know
0: some it. people... reason I don't skate anymore. Well, I, I know can't. some people who were like
1: in hardcore matches um one of them one of the specifically that comes to mind that i won't mention his name because i'm sure he'll be not not happy if i mention it um but the very wrestling promotion i ended up working for in the end was the one that ended his career at 24 Mm. Uh, he was 24 when he was put through a car window inside an arena that was not uh, any kind of like plexiglass window or anything like that. It was literally a car window. The person who put him through is a known bikey who is working for the organization. Um, back then, we're talking 20 years ago, back then things were not safe. Mm. You know, I was 22 and seeing a 24-year-old basically, you know, being picked up by paramedics and have the neck brace and, and basically being told, yeah, you're going to have to learn how to rewalk because, you, you, you know, your back is shot from from this night of, Mega? like absolutely like are oh, having fun ha-
0: anymore, like exactly,
1: yeah, pretty much, and so that's that's pretty much where I like said that and was like, well, I don't want to end up like that, so yeah, um, yeah,
0: fair, but uh,
1: yeah, it was fine, it
0: was fine, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right we'll, we'll we'll keep unraveling that dark past and um awesome stories you have as always cheshire as we go along of course and um yeah anyway uh i'm gonna move over to these guest profile questions because i'm dying to talk about things that aren't magic now as of course they can get back into magic that's fine i don't care but it's it's everyone is interesting as we often say um us let's, let's make this a a, a podcast that's not Exclusively about magic, of course, as we say. But um, just keen to see uh, all the other influences that um, make up the amazing person that is Aaron Campbell. So, uh, as we often do, as the the penultimate question to to distinguish what kind of person someone is. And I joke because it really doesn't matter. But Aaron Campbell, pineapple and pizza. What's the deal?
3: Uh, I do not like pineapple on Whoa, pizza, which is interesting because nine. my yes. boyfriend loves it. And <laughs> it, I spent, you can go back and look at my Twitter feed and I have there, I, I put that out there that I would never, ever Ooh. date a man who gets pineapple on pizza. Um, and <laughs> Pretty now I'm then. crazy about him. So. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't don't ever put that out into the universe because the universe is going to have its last laugh, yeah. laugh. And oh, I love it. Yeah. You are
1: such a sellout. Oh,
3: he loves no, pineapple no. with jalapeno <laughs> and feta and God oh. bless him. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Wow, jalapeno and feta. Interesting. Uh, next one was, pet card you love, Erin, uh, may not be the best. Uh, just from all of magic. I
3: have a couple cards that I love to say. There are certain cards that like... You don't have to sell me on. You know, sometimes someone will give you a deck list and you'll look at it and there's one or two cards where you're like, oh no. I have the opposite problem where there are certain cards where if you give me a deck list, I'm in. Like you don't even, it could be a ham sandwich. And as long as that card is in there, <laughs> I will play it. Uh, one of my favorite cards is Vengeful Pharaoh. Um, I've played it Ooh. in previous dredge lists before. It's, it has this miraculous like glamour ability. Um, paradox ability for those of you who played Vampire the Masquerade or any of those games. It just has this ability where no one ever sees it. I, and I'm, and to be, if you've ever seen me play paper magic i fan out my graveyard because that's pertinent information that you need so i'm not hiding the ventral pharaoh by any means but people walk into it all the time and particularly on magic online it's the funniest thing and so if you ever give me a dredge list and it has Ventral pharaoh i'm in i'm not asking questions i'm not i'm not questioning your methodology none of that just i'm in
0: (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That's, the artwork on this one's incredible too. And um, I mean, side side graveyard question: It's uh, mm-hmm. would would you play cards that choose the order of your graveyard in Commander? Like, I think that's a fun little challenge.
3: So is so I don't I don't think that, it, so.
0: I don't think it works is that, that way. You
3: have to do no. I don't, no. I don't, that's the well, thing.
0: I don't, a Chesh might be able to chime in what the hell the rule is these days because I'm not I'm not yeah. a judge or anything. But like the the cards that go oh the top card of your graveyard and it's like mm, that's actually a, a pretty funky way to look at it. The
3: old ways. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. But never say never. Like I said, (laughs) I never thought I'd be dating somebody with pineapple pizza, and here we are. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, I don't know. I I can't think of any that I have currently, but I'm certainly not opposed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Graveyards must always be in the same order as as they the cards must be in the same order. It's funny
3: because when I first started playing dredge, people really, really don't like to face dredge, and so I Mm -hmm. would get people that would try to like get me with that where they would be like, Judge! (laughs) <laughs> the graveyard's not in order And the judge would come up And, and this was in Legacy of course Because in Modern it doesn't matter But the judge would always come up and be like um, Are you running Nether Shadow? And I would be like no And they're like do you do you have anything that cares about the graveyard order? And I would be like nope it And then the judge matter. would look at the opponent and be like I got I don't know what you want me to do. (laughs) But you would get people all the time that because they just didn't want to play against my deck, they would think that, oh, man, I'm going to call the judge and they're going to get her and then I don't have to do this. And the judge would be like, what do you... I don't know why I'm here. (laughs) Exactly. A for effort, I guess.
1: Um... But no... Should should graveyards be in order absolutely all the time? Okay, Does I don't think it they should matter? be in order, but I do think they it, should be presentable.
3: Doesn't... One of the things that always makes me die a little bit inside is uh, we saw this a lot when Dredge was really when Dredge was really good in modern. Like when mm. when grave when grave troll was not banned, it, and everybody was playing Dredge because it was good, not necessarily because they loved the deck. You would see people like just throwing it in, and shuffling it around, and it mm. just it was always like you're embarrassing the family. Like my <laughs> motto is just because my motto is always just because you're playing bullshit doesn't mean you have to look like you are and so <laughs> yeah. I you, you make a p- embarrassment to your mother so you can her. go back and look at any paper feature matches that I do my shit is tidy like that gray yeah. is line it is in rows Like, that is one thing you will never be able to accuse me of, is keeping a messy board state. And particularly with your graveyard, because that's really the only information my opponents need. I'm not going to have a hand, like, let's be honest. And so and I also realize what my deck is capable of, that my deck is capable of broken things. And so I want to be as above board as possible, because we have seen instances with high-profile players that I think have tried to confuse people with everything that dredge is bringing where so they're not keeping their graveyards in the best order and they are counting on you getting lost in the triggers or and i I never want to be that i never want to be that as a person and especially as a visible personality because the last thing i need is aaron campbell cheating scandal and so i would just rather put it all out there and so it does mean a lot to me to see a really nice looking graveyard as opposed to (laughs) It just kind of breaks my
0: heart a little bit. <laughs> Is that a there's there's, a, there's an element of class that comes with playing that deck too, I think. It's,
2: exactly.
0: It's, it's, exactly. The same
1: with that mouth noise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, 100%. Uh, awesome. Uh, next one, fire it off, Chish. Who would you like to have dinner or drink with, dead or alive?
3: So this is going to be, I have a magic related answer, which may or may not be disappointing to you. This is a very obscure reference, but there is a vintage player who goes by the magic online name of Saturn, like the planet. Mm. His Twitter is actual Saturn. And Saturn is just one of the most ridiculous, in the best way, deck builders I've ever seen, where he is always bringing fresh brews to the table. He is always trying wild cards, wild for vintage at least. And I'm always happy to lose to him which is rare because i don't normally like to lose but just to lose to whatever nonsense he's bringing to the table i've told him numerous times like i would love to spend 30 minutes just playing in your head because (laughs) i would love to know what makes you want to play with these cards and he'll never play anything that's like conventional like you will never see him playing (laughs) xerox or oath shops or anything like that it's always some bullshit and i love it to be clear (laughs) but i just i just don't see anybody really taking the risks that he does and i always just every time i face him i'm always entertained but i'm also terrified because i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen (laughs) and i just think he's brilliant and and
0: it it addresses something we're kind of going through before and i'm really happy to hear it more from a perspective that i don't uncover as much but it's easy to think that more eternal competitive formats uh, a devoid of creativity, so to speak. That's a very absolute and, um, you know, general statement to make, but it's not the case. It's oh, like no. These people make an amazing risk and, and being bold and creative and self-expressive, mm-hmm. and I think that's so, Absolutely, so
2: cool
3: yeah and so every time i see a saturn list like i said i follow him on twitter and i don't know much about him which i think kind of adds to the enigma um mm. i've never heard his voice i've never seen his face but just you know i just typing to him and just seeing his decks i'm just like what is going on up there like <laughs> the, the, the mystique <laughs> exactly yes exactly. i just want to crack that walnut and that's not a euphemism i just yes. <laughs> i love it uh <laughs> awesome all right uh what's
0: your video game hall of fame eric
3: Oh gosh! I mean, I've
0: whatever, but yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I have to bring it up because it just recently celebrated its 25th anniversary. Super Mario RPG. Oh yeah. Nice. We are old, my friends. That is a 25-year-old video game right there. Um and still yeah, I mean, really I've been good. Playing... I like it. It like, does. I, I play nice. it on my Super Nintendo Classic sometimes. Uh, but I mean, I've been playing since regular Nintendo, so obviously I have a great appreciation for the Mario games. Yeah. Uh, my first Super Nintendo game was Street Fighter 2. I think it came with the Super Nintendo, so I played a lot of fighting games as a kid. I loved the Mortal Kombat games. Mm. When the trailer for the next Mortal Kombat movie came out, I completely fangirled. So <laughs> I, I love Mortal Kombat. I love Street Fighter. Final Fantasy was big for me. Uh, Final Fantasy 3 or 6, if you were, I think it was 3 here, 6 in Japan. Um, That was always my favorite game. Uh, So great appreciation for those games. And yeah, those are the ones I, I think of that resonate with me the most
0: no i love it to bits i just saw uh looking up super mario rpg and it's like ah this is from oh no, i don't think it's last year fans asked nintendo to revive super mario rpgs gino and mellow uh in in online petition because it's like i believe we <laughs> haven't seen those two characters anywhere else and they're so cool it's like, possible. It was, their design is so nice and like very very unique for uh for yeah you know, yeah i love it yeah but that that was I mean, it's such a, a game with such charm too and um Uh, I can't remember, someone, one one of our other guests actually mentioned that as one of their favorites, and Mm -hmm. it was, um, you know what, was it, no, it
3: wasn't Nick,
0: because I don't think we did, I don't know if we did the questions, maybe we
3: did. We have a habit of like being, we we call it get out of my head, or we have a habit of like finishing each other's (laughs) sentences, or we have a habit of like... Yeah, accept that. But we're working on that. But no, we tend to say a lot of the same things at the same time or we'll complete each other's sentences. And usually it'll lead to one or both of us going, get out of my head. And so it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if you said that too, because we're kind of, we're, we're we're really gross. I'm just warning you right now. Like, we're pretty happy. So, um, uh, it makes me yeah. <laughs> no, I relate. It's like, as uh, it, 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 people say it um, uh,
0: to us, it's like you, me and my wife, they're just like, you, you two are, like, we spent, we have too much fun together after being married for a few years and together for 12 and it's like it's still every day is a joy and i think good if, yeah and that's the way you know like i
3: i feel smug about that i'm like haha i see couples they can't it stand really is each other. a weird like, yeah. thing you know with, without completely opening pandora's box you know it really is a weird thing and i think especially as a woman it, it's been so difficult for me to find like healthy relationships in the media you know where it's like you look at the things that we're given we're given like christian gray we're given harley and the joker and you know we're not really given any like healthy relationships to inspire to and especially you see this weird trend of women that like actively don't like their guys where they're like you know he's the pig but i love him and it's like Mm -hmm. why would you and so so i do think it is a little bit of a a rebellion or i think it's a little bit revolutionary to really just fucking dig the person you're with you know you're not staying with them ironically you're not you know Know, you're not kind of shading them or whatever. You know, I think some shade is fine. You know what I mean? I, I think it's very revolutionary to be like, I fucking adore the person I'm with, like, unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong. And I think that's a really great thing. And so I I love it. And Nick and I... And it's funny because Nick and I were coming home from breakfast the other day at one point And he, he told me a joke and I was laughing. And he looks at me and he goes, have you ever laughed this much in a relationship? And I thought he was being <laughs> sassy because I love to laugh. And so I laugh a lot. And mm. I was like, I, I, I don't remember. I, I don't think so. And he goes, because I've never laughed this much in a relationship and I like it. And I was yeah. like, oh. And so... Nothing. Th- I I will, and I love seeing people get good treatment, and I'm unapologetically getting good treatment, and that's a, something something I think no one should ever feel bad about. Exactly, exactly. Not. I, yeah, I think judge. if
1: you don't if you don't know how to treat other humans, like fuck right up <laughs> out of my life. I, and I've look, I've had some other content creators and and other people from Magic who have been less than ideal on the, the person front oh. that have been nice to me because of who I am and and, you know, my I guess my status within the community. Ah, oh, your fame um, and your and yeah, as, your
0: prestige. As, yes.
1: As soon <laughs> as soon as I see somebody being a piece of shit to people for no reason. Eh. Like if you've got a good reason, good on you, I'm not gonna step in. But if you're just being a, a an absolute trash subhuman because you've got some sort of weird chip on your shoulder um, that's the, I'm, I'll cut ties with you mm. and I'll just, like, kick you out of my, my circle and just go, no, like, I'm just not going to deal with you. And yeah. I've, I've done that, you know, several times uh, in, the last, in the last year mm. thanks to all the Twitch shenanigans going on, and I'm sure people can guess what that's all about, uh, people that I've worked with in the past mm. and I refuse to work with, um, because it turns out that they're really bad people not great humans um and i know one of them working on it and another one was absolutely unapologetic um but you, yeah it, it's that thing right like you should be looking to have people in your orbit significant other or not um, yeah. that are good people exactly <laughs> yeah, and, That's and, much and, and, and i though.
0: think like uh like Aaron really said it's it's a mutual thing and it's it's uh you get older you recognize what it means that kind of thing and and i think the damage is often done it's like the harder ones to identify like you say it's a bit more when it's a bit more subtle and it might be someone going oh he's he's just a bit of a pig but we let it go and he doesn't do any work around the house but oh, isn't he lovely like you know isn't he it's almost the cute <laughs> thing and it's like i i kind of it it really shits me that that Miles get like let off the hook like that. It's like that's just still like oh look he's working hard. He's probably not like
3: <laughs> it's just. I mean, I'm not going to act like I've been you know I'm not going to act like I'm an angel because I've obviously made mistakes and you know there are definitely moments I'm not proud of. But yeah, I'd like to it. think I've done a good job of owning my bullshit as I like to say. Exactly. And I'd like to think that I'm not making the same mistakes. Or I'd like to think that I can look at myself as a person over you know five years or even ten years and see growth. And you yeah. know I'd like to think I'm not in the same place or I'm not feeling stuck or that there's been some sort of evolution just in my life and even in my relationships. You know, there was somebody had posted this meme to Facebook um, about like, healthy traits for a relationship and you know there were things on there that i didn't do in the past like i'll I'll never forget number seven was you should always say please thank you and like you're welcome just just basic pleasantries to your partner Mm. and that was something i never really thought about doing in the past like i wasn't rude where i wasn't like bring me a beer you know but i it just wasn't something i did and now that i'm with nick you know, I do say, like, could you please bring me that or thank you for getting me a soda. And, you know, that's something I couldn't say I did two years ago. And so I think it's important to always be changing and always be evolving. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just think when it comes to relationships, because like I, I just don't think you should ever be with somebody that you don't truly want to be with, you know, and I just find yeah. it fascinating how many people just are just kind of in insufferable relationships. And I just could never imagine doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, like without opening up a massive can of worms, but I see a lot of like generational traits too that may not have just been questioned for a very long time and it's just like it is what it is, it's institutionalized, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think my, I have times I'm like, uh, do we even want to have children in the future? I don't know. I don't know what the world looks like in the future, which is really dark and and kind of existential, of course. But um, <laughs> the, the, the answer is no. The, there's the the kind of the other thing. <laughs> Cheshire's father says no. Um, but it's it's, it's... <laughs> sorry, Cody. Happy 16th birthday <laughs> this week, buddy. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, but uh, I mean, we've got a cat at the moment. That's cool. But it's I don't know, I then I, I like to put on the positive spin when it's like, well, this is the generation now that's starting to, you know, uh, self-reflect like reflect on a lot of things or like just investigate mm-hmm. internally and and going, yep. well, let's question these things that haven't been questioned for a very long time. It's like how we treat each other and, and that kind of stuff rather than just going, oh, this is what the media says and this is what all the movies and just mm-hmm. like we're brought up to feel. Uh, and that's the... Absolutely. This next generation may be the one that actually has, like, I'm thinking, like, my, my nephew's three or four, and that's like, wow, like, they could be the ones with the, uh, you know, they're going to be gr- uh, growing up in a world that now is very different than I even think 10, 10 20 years ago, which still mm-hmm. I think I have to look at positively. And, and it's something I, ne- I never really said this uh, or spoke about, it, but, like, I remember we... Um, in little things like in in high school, I was part of a thing called youth Parliament, and we got to go there and write a bill and then in our little year eleven suits, so I mean I would have been how old was that sixteen seventeen can't even remember uh and 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 we like you know head full steam and we're progressive young little individuals and we we go to the Parliament here and we kind of present the bill to a bunch of other youth in victoria uh, and it was a big deal, and we as, as not a very academic school but with some smart people took on uh, same-sex marriage and like and a lot of people had to leave the room then and that was 2006 and it's like wow how far we've come and it's like it's 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 changing a- again we talked about before like in a weird way commander like how do you compare these two of course but stigmas change they take a long time to change and it's mm-hmm. usually a lot of people just hearing what's kind of starting to change as as the norm and going oh okay that's fine like you know and but it's it's seeing some of the last generation have have a bit of you know some issues there but it's it's i have to look at it positively it's 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 on the right path so much longer to go but um yeah
3: how did i get into that topic far out and just to tie it back to my original point about you know my my journey to commander is just just not doing things you don't want to do you know life's too short to play decks you hate and life's too short to to fuck people you don't like or to date people you don't like and you know life's too short to follow people on twitter that you don't understand and you don't really care for and they're just sort of polluting your feed you know you have so much control over these things and you know my life and my world really started opening up when i stopped doing those things and mm. i just don't do things i i'm really fortunate to be able to say that where i can make those choices but you know i i try really hard not to do things i don't want to do you know i at the end yeah. of the day i can say that i like my job i like my boyfriend i like my career i like my podcast i like the people around me, I like the decks that I'm playing, and I think everybody should aspire to that as much as they can. Just don't settle mm-hmm. for things you don't like, because I did for a long time, and I look back on that and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? And so, you know, don't eat food you don't like. Don't be yeah. ra- you. Just, just don't do things you don't like. It's too. It's not worth it.
0: And, and I got, got to thank you, Aaron because it's the message I get from a lot of um, your voice, and it's it's very much the um, it, it confirms it here what we're talking about that it's like the message I get from you is 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 kind of self worth for one. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that it's easy for people to go, oh, that's just being cocky. And it's like, no, we're being, a lot of us have brought up with that idea. Or oh, if you believe in yourself, you're being selfish. And it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. and that came from, I found the last generation in a weird way. And that's like, no, there's a very much like there's, there's a wide range there. <laughs> we, we often need a bit more self-respect and being a bit assertive with things. And, and, and the whole, like you talk about, it's it's also then sticking up for things that probably aren't right and it's like their neutrality favors the oppressor if you sit sit by and just let things go if it's problematic and and you know you need to say no to it it's something.
3: confidence but it's also telling yourself you deserve nice things you exactly. know that's one of the things i've really been kind of struggling with i think nick and i both in our relationship is that the relationship's going so well that it's kind of freaking us out and <laughs> you know i think that i think to i think we're conditioned as people to feel like we have to deserve nice things or yeah. we have to go through a certain amount of suffering to earn the things that we get and you you can just have happiness like that's just a choice you can make and you know i feel like people we put ourselves through things you know a little bit of masochism if you will and Mm. there's just no need to do that and so like you it it really is that simple to you know if you don't want to eat that pizza you can throw the pizza away or if you don't want to play that deck you don't have to fucking play it and you know you can play the cards you want to it really is that simple i promise you and um and that's a difficult thing i think For some people to admit to just sit in happiness and to just choose happiness like you would think it'd be easy of like don't put your finger on the stove like Mm. that should be a really easy choice right (laughs) but you know i think for a lot of people it's too tempting of i must touch the stove no you really (laughs) don't have to and so you know if that's one thing i can maybe teach people that like you deserve good treatment you deserve good food you deserve nice clothes not necessarily expensive clothes, to be clear, but like mm-hmm. you deserve clothes that fit you and that make you look good, and you deserve to play the cards you love, and you deserve to, you know, uh, you know, get good, you know, just you deserve these things. And and if that's something I've maybe inspired somebody to believe in, then good for them.
0: I love that. I love it so much. And it's actually it was something I was gonna mention. I'm like, I don't know if there's a time to bring it up. It's fine. Our podcast can go as long, <laughs> as, long as it wants. But um, I I, I, feel, I remember you making the point, and it it resonated with me so strongly. And it's just like there's. Sometimes there's a personal trait of having like finding it really hard to enjoy when things are good, and going. Mm-hmm. There's always something like you said with it. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Going, things are too good. Things are suspiciously good. There's something around the corner. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just enjoy that? Uh, that, but um, they're they're kind of those building blocks to just remember. It's like it, it is fundamental to, to to be able to enjoy yourself and 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 know when things are, are good and being able to actually yeah, deserve the worth to you know. Or deserve and resisting the, joy. the urge
3: to self sabotage because because I used to be that girl too where like if, if there wasn't any drama or if there wasn't any tension I would create it maybe not yeah. consciously it wasn't like I'd go to a, into a bar and like pick a fight with someone but I would find shit you know where yeah. you know oh he didn't he waited five minutes to text me you bastard mm, you know I mm. would just you know I would just get really hypersensitive and then I would just I would need that adrenaline I would need that tension and now it's just a matter of really just and it's difficult you know I'm not going to say it's easy i have a great therapist you know but Mm. really just having to sit on my hands and be like my bills are paid and i'm healthy and my boyfriend's not trash and and it's fine (laughs) um and that's hard but you know being willing to do that and not giving into not creating the mess because you don't have it it's fucking hard but such a good skill to have no, preach. I love it. Um, Even the other day, I, I was, I had to laugh at something. Uh, Chase had made a comment. One of my favorite content creators, Chase, she was like, there was some sort of discourse happening around tutors, I think. And oh, Chase got on Twitter and she yeah. was like, I'm not touching this with a yeah, yeah, pull. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I was like, good for you because there are so many people who would have been like, I need to give an opinion. I need yep. to create mess. And just for her to be like, I'm not doing that with such a big fucking staff because particularly three years ago, fuck yeah, I would have hopped on that ambulance and rode it all the way down. (laughs) And, you know, you just get to a point where you're like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I don't need this. And I think... That's that's such an important skill to have. is just being able to recognize I don't need this.
0: Yeah, and I think she's quite influential now in a great way. And 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 to, for her to, she's to come say... such
3: a long way. Like I remember, yeah, I remember when she first got started. I remember she was trying to find her footing a little bit. And you know, the last year was really good for her. Like we, to really be there for that commander boom and really yeah. ride that wave and and have a definitive schedule and have a very clear vision of who she is and what she's bringing to the table. And she's delivered on that. And I've had the the pleasure of working with her on at least one or two projects. And I've always just been completely blown away by her. And um it's just a good human being. You know, there have been yes. a couple of days yep. where I might have indicated I wasn't having a good day. And she's in the DMs of like, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? <laughs> and just a, a stellar human being who really deserves all of the success she has. And yeah. um I, I'm just really proud of her.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad she took that stance too because there's it's been a few people and it's like normalizing that whole thing. Hey, guess what? If you if you have somewhat of a voice in the magic community, it doesn't mean you have to have a hot take. Like, it's just, you can just exactly. zoom right out of there. And I think I've seen yeah. that even the last few months, like normalizing a lot more, which is nice. That mm-hmm. People p- people taking a couple of weeks off Twitter, like that's mm-hmm. fine. You're not going to, like the world's not going to end. Like, you know, you're not going to miss out on it, something. i will still
3: be here.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh yeah, there'll be a debate about <laughs>
0: Tudors, when you get back it's fine exactly <laughs> oh geez um so <laughs> oh, i'll get back on the questions anyway but i mean very very much appreciate anywhere we go with those and and i'm glad we got to i mean there's the sort of topics there that i didn't think we you know i don't know how we get onto those but it happened which i'm very <laughs> happy so no appreciate so much uh next one was recommend
3: uh, an album So, I'm going to break the rules a little bit. I'm not going to recommend an album. I'm going to recommend an artist, if that's okay. Uh, One of my favorite artists, who I feel should be way more successful than they are, is a Dutch artist named Caro Emerald. Mm -hmm. Um, Caro Emerald is more like jazz, electro swing. Uh, She's released two albums and an EP. You can listen to the whole thing. Every single song is a bop. Um, Nothing worth skipping. Just smart and talented and brilliant and there's no one else like her. Every time Spotify tries to recommend me somebody because she takes a really long time between album releases and it's always yeah. worth the wait but sometimes I'll go on Spotify and I'm like okay can I get someone that just sounds like her just to tide me over and there's nobody who sounds yeah, like her. And there's yeah. nobody doing it like she does and um just you know her music takes you back to this simpler time you know the 50s and the 60s and even the 70s and 80s and it just has this euro there's like Caribbean influences and it's just so vintage but yet so modern and you hear the instruments and she's just her voice and she's so talented and i just i just love her so much
0: i love it that's a great suggestion and i yeah i love the fact he said bop too because it's uh that's that's Mm -hmm. what we say in this house like i can't remember who said it but it's like not only yeah. bop, but like that's a certified bop. It's <laughs> <That's Yeah>. just <laughs> it slaps as the kids say. It's just... like oh, the Australian way. It's a banger. Like it's mm, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> oh, that was also what was the Aziz Ansari did a song with that uh, off Parks and Recreation it was good too. But um, no, that's fantastic. And um, yeah, that's that speaks to a few uh, genres that, that cross over into what I'm doing. I um, I used to work with a. Uh, uh, someone influenced my music taste quite a bit. She did swing dancing, like, professionally, and it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's just rock some 1920s stuff. And, it, and most people in that, that agency were like, what the hell are you guys listening to? Because it wasn't the new Top 40 <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, this is the jam. This is fantastic. And show us, tell us the stories. Like, where does this come from? So, you know, get mm-hmm. different, please. So.
3: Yeah, I mean, even though, and it's, it does take you back to a different time, you know, when you had gentlemen callers, you know, and you did mm-hmm. have uh you know a a, a person a, a, oh god what's the word somebody on the train who'd like take your bags for you and oh, yeah, yeah. you know it yeah it was just a, a martini with lunch and just just this fantastical time where you're just like mm, you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and it's there's, there's a funny dichotomy there too of course because we 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 look at those times and go of course we have to look at in inequality and stuff like that and it's it's funny my my um my wife is a a staunch uh feminist and 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 everything and she she of course looks back at like uh, well, she loves loves movies from like the '60s and the '50s and stuff. But we're, we're watching Rear Window the other day, and she's like, "Isn't it shit that just like every woman the woman there has just a personality that is like dictated by the thing?" It's like, oh, she's a diva. Oh, she's annoying to the, the husband. Oh, she's a spinster. It's like it's just everyone had one of those like oh, it's just and and. A, 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 like a trait that basically like kind of downplayed them a bit as as a person. Mm-hmm. It's like that's oh, it's subtle, but it's really, really like it, it, it's crappy. And then the same one like Mad Men is is a show I we watch every winter. Love it to bits. Mm. Problems and all, of course, but, I mean it's it's but pretty much a mirror to the time, and that's the point of mm-hmm. it. But it's it's just tells those stories completely and but yeah, the gin trolley at work is the that. one we put on. It's like, ah, oh, you know, like, roll around the gin trolley at 11, 11 in the morning and like, how did they even do creative work? It was amazing. So.
3: I'm a big believer that you can enjoy problematic media. You can exactly. you can do both, yeah. you know, as long as you acknowledge the warts along with it. Like, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, I know, going to mention that. RuPaul, that. <laughs> that RuPaul <laughs> doesn't have the greatest <laughs> opinions on things and, you know, that the show's been, you know, hasn't had, it can have a bit of a toxic fandom and, you know, there are some complicated issues with race and I don't deny that. And I think I think yeah, it's possible yeah. to enjoy something and also at the same and be critical of it at the same time. Quite honestly, I think that's fine, and that's right. you know, I, I I I think your wife's got it just right. If you can still love a movie and just be like, "This is some shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly,
0: and it's 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 something. I mean, even like a, a, on a on a simpler level, like Chesh mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it's like he's a he's a movie that like it's probably pretty bad, like you know, from technical sense. But I can see it had some mm-hmm. vision in it from other senses, and it's like it's important to be able to establish those like little like areas of variance. Everything's gran more granular than it seems. It's not just black and white. It's mm-hmm. just it's yeah. not just yes or no, bad or good, whatever. It's yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next one was. Uh, your favorite magic art. And it doesn't have to be uh the best objective like piece of art um artwork. It could be skeleton ship is mine. It's weird. I love it. Um but yeah, the, the, the piece of magic art that resonates for you the most
3: know if resonate would be the word but one of my favorite pieces um is ad nauseum i i remember yeah, yeah. ad nauseum is one of those cards where every time i look at it i feel like i notice something different like a little easter egg that i didn't catch before of that's a dimmer signet in his forehead and there's Ooh. the the pipes that are sticking out of his arm are actually ink quills. Like, they're full of ink, and that's what he's using to to fuel his brush, to paint his thing. And, you know, you just look at all of these details, and you see the tape. There's tape keeping his eyes open. And, you know, every time you look at it, you just see more and more, and you realize how much is going on in this piece and how much it ties into the flavor text and how much it ties into what the card does. And it's just this perfect package, and it's the kind of art that's just from a bygone era, you know, even though it was from... Uh, shards, I think it was. You know, just it's just a different time. You know, we wouldn't see something like that ever again. And yeah. you know, you just have to appreciate for the the cohesiveness of it and the look of it. And I, I just look at. I, I loved them enough to get them altered when I played Modern Ad Nauseam, I got them extended um, because they just I just loved them so much. Oh, it's
0: incredible, and it's it's the one there too that I'd like the the art goes for me beyond. You know, once you realize what it's depicting, your mind. <laughs> takes on another like uh, level of that. And it's, it's kind of, I, I bring a lot of things back to Dark Souls, but that was the game where it goes, actually, what would it be like if you were like truly immortal and you, you kept dying and then going coming back to life and dying and like you couldn't truly die? That would actually be awful. And like a lot of media mm-hmm. and, and sci-fi things whatever, or fantasy things, whatever, always go, the end goal is immortality. And that would actually be mm-hmm. miserable. Like if you really couldn't die, you'd be like this guy. Mm-hmm. It was like you you were just a like, I can't die. I, I just, <laughs> I'm just like tasked to do this thing, even though I don't even have arms or like, you know, rib cages anymore. And it's like, it's so, so evocative. And it's like, no, I think, I think in that position, you probably want to, you know, have an end, have a conclusion. No, that, that's powerful. Um, so next one was, this is your favorite one, Chesh.
3: Jeez.
1: All right. Uh, Recommend a movie to us.
3: I honestly, I don't know if I, 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 I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't know. That. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what not- if one of you wants to go first, like and buy me some time. Um, no, no, that's fine. I, I, I take a lot I'm not really. sure. I, I, yeah. There's too many for me to really name. Um, What's
1: your favorite genre of
3: movie? I, I kind of like what I said with going clothes shopping. I really don't have a preferred genre. I'll watch anything really. I just, <laughs> um, and I won't know until I see it. Like I'll be scrolling through Amazon and it's like, oh, let's give this a try. And so. Um, actually, you know what? If I could, I got it. I've got it. Do it. Um, yeah. Train to Busan. Have you seen that? Ooh, no, I have not. Train to Busan is a Korean zombie horror movie. Um, I introduced Nick to it recently. Um, Oh, actually, you know what? While we're on that tangent of movies Nick didn't really... Like, <laughs> he said it was fine. Um, Train to Busan, I think, is brilliant. Like I said, it's just a really fresh take on horror movies, fresh take on zombies, which I'd never seen before. Um, I, I would really recommend Train to Busan. Um, obviously, Parasite, another oh, yeah, great yeah. Korean movie. You know, took the world by storm last year. So many layers to it. So good. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah, my God, yeah. is a literal masterpiece. Yep. Um, I've never seen cars, any too. of the. It's great. Yeah. I, exactly, yeah. I had never seen any of the previous Mad Maxes, so I didn't really have any, and I had no expectations going into it. I laughed, I cried, I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, it's just the definition of what an epic movie is. Yeah, and, they're moving you know, the whole time. It's like it's pretty weird. It's so like they're good. always on the road, like. <laughs> so good so i would probably say those three that just kind of came to mind and i'm sure there's others but those are the three that stick out to me right I now. i like that that's a, that's a good span and um yeah i mean i've
0: seen two of those but um the uh, i need to see train to busan that that's um, that's mm. that, that's right up my alley so for
3: good
2: sure. yeah the,
3: unpredictable um, like there's just so many th- a lot of curveballs um just a really fresh take on zombies because zombies is very well-worn territory and yeah um you know very powerful ending uh even the ending like even the two minutes before the ending like you think you know how it's going to end and they still manage to like pull you back so very, oh, I very love, good. It. <laughs> love it to bits it's uh nice uh next one was uh
0: this is a funny one I, I i often throw at people but it's like i don't know if they have any history in the
3: game whatever but uh is there any chance you have a favorite pokemon so I haven't. I used to play the Pokemon card game, and I, I haven't played Pokemon since the original, like one fifty one, one fifty two, mm. and so uh, my 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 frame of reference is quite small. But I was a big fan. <laughs> so if we're going off the cartoon, um, I was a big fan of Jigglypuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I love mm-hmm. Ditto. It's oh really yeah, like oh Ditto yeah. Ditto just Ditto makes me so happy and the fact that it could never fix its face. I just <laughs> love it so much. Um exactly. and also the parallels between Ditto and Odo. Deep Space Nine fans, Odo couldn't fix his face either. He couldn't do faces right. That's that's a thing. <laughs> um, don't tell me that's a coincidence. Um also uh plume I used to love the Vile yeah, Plume, yeah. the little thing it would do. Um and obviously Odish, I think, is great. Um so yeah, most of my reference comes from the cartoons and then I did play the card game for a little while, but those are the ones that really stick out to me, are just the uh, you know, Jigglypuff always makes my heart melt and uh, love Clefairy's it. cool as well. Jigglypuff is such a diva. Listen, all she's the time. she's misunderstood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> from one diva to another yes, come on. I relate to her. And and and, and co- <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean and and you know, corresponding to being one of the most masterfully amazing Smash Bros. characters. Like it's I, I saw someone one of my friends go like, Oh, I, I he's just really good at the game and uh it's like oh I'll just I will use Jigglypuff just as a handicap, that's fine and just master Jigglypuff and I'm terrified of Jigglypuff now. It's it's you can you can pilot that that character uh in, in Smash Bros. to be an absolute weapon. It's just it's terrifying. It's great. I was gonna
1: say Jigglypuff is extremely powerful. Oh, like, Yeah. As soon as I play Smash Bros and somebody's like, Oh, I'll just play, you know, insert character here. If it's like, I'll just play Jigglypuff, I'll be like, nope, control it. I
0: love it. Um, Aaron Campbell, in just a few words, what does magic mean to you? Well, I have more than a few words. I yeah, it's you know, never I a few words. Why do I put me. that in? Um, what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, magic
3: has changed my life. You know, it, in I, I'm a firm believer in, in things happening organically and things happening for a reason. And I've been playing this game since I was in junior high. I remember the first time I ever saw a magic card. I was in seventh grade in this Hilmer's science class. And, you know, I, I think magic came into my life for a reason. You know, it, mm-hmm. it allowed me to meet people. It allowed me to make a little bit of an impact on the world. Magic Mics is listened to in like, 29 countries I think it is so um, You know if you would have told me that I would be able To change the world in a really small Way and this game has allowed me to do that It's allowed me to better understand Myself and to get more comfortable with myself It's facilitated mm-hmm. changes in me um, it, It's given me The opportunity to see myself in a way That I probably wouldn't have before and um, it's obviously brought me wonderful friends, lifelong friends who I love, such as Chris and my friend Katie Bates. And, um, you know, it's given me opportunities to, um, you know, get my voice out there. It's given me the ability to meet other people like me, other transgender people. I, I felt alone for a long time and now mm. I don't. We're literally everywhere. <laughs> um and and we've been able to you know create change in the magic community which feels good and um you know it's it's opened up a lot of doors for me professionally i i had magic as my career for a little while i worked for card hoarder and you know the the money that we make from our podcast goes towards my rent and so i'm able to have a better lifestyle because of the game and um it's just it's just changed my life in, in in no uncertain terms I've met my boyfriend through magic. I've met multiple boyfriends through magic, let's be honest. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's, it couldn't be more true. It's like the, the game is, is greater than the sum of the cards, you know, all the, you know, the, the cardboard rectangles. And um, it, it's important to, to, to remember those things. And, and I think I said before, but, like, the biggest undertone I got there is, like, I, I just get such a, me- a message, um, you know, of, of, of self-respect is a massive thing. I just want to keep promoting, and it. it's like if you're in a jam, it's hopefully listening to things like that. Oh, yeah you know what? Actually, you're worth more than that. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's messages like that that uh I think it's Jeff from Lexicon. I remember last year, I, it's it was a pivotal time when I needed to hear, and it was those words. It's like you 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 don't deserve to be in a shitty situation, and you can do something about mm-hmm. it. And it's um and it kind of that was the impetus to change something I did in my career, life, whatever and and same kind of things and i'm just hoping you know uh, i just i always want to want you to continue doing what you're doing and and being you and it's 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 powerful it's great so thank you well, so thank much you. for sharing I don't, all that I don't,
3: thank you yeah i don't know how to be anything else i'm kind of stuck in <laughs> 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 I don't know how to really, ba- I mean, I'm kind of stuck in this place here, but um, it's a pretty sweet place to be, and it took me a really long time to really mm. enjoy this place, but, you know, I, I can honestly say, especially in the last two years, that I, I like who I am, and I like yeah. my life, and, um, you know, I, I, it's, I think I'm just glad to be here, quite honestly, in every sense of the word. I'm happy to be on the show, but I'm happy to be at this place in my life, too, because it, I never thought I would be here, like, just you know being comfortable with my body and my gender and my relationships and it's um took me a while but i'm here
0: i love it and yeah appreciate that so much so uh yeah um what we're gonna do to sign off uh as we often do is uh is just follow up with pretty much just anything that's had our attention this week uh in the entertaining so any non-magic media that's Again, that takes our attention. Um, I'll start off with uh, Chesh. I know Chesh has one, but Aaron, if you you think of anything, you've now kind you of off. been vibing lately that's, that's worth it. I do. A, you know. I have. Yeah. So yeah. I've been obviously working from
3: home. Yeah. So obviously working from home, you know, I'm the kind of person that needs to have something in the background at all times. Mm-hmm. I can't really mm-hmm. listen to podcasts. I'm such a jerk. I'm a podcaster who doesn't listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> I usually I keep that. a TV show going in the background. I've been marathoning Law & Order, the original Law & Order. Um, I'm currently on season eight of that. So I'm having a really good time going through the cases. And I find the jargon even kind of wearing off on me. Something happened the other day. Where somebody was like jokingly trying to use something against me and I was like that's prior bad acts you can't do that and <laughs> I was like oh I'm not in a courtroom like okay um, and so I have to remember that I'm not the assistant ADA or the assistant DA and so but I love Law and Order I could watch um, I'm a big fan of SVU I like the original series but yeah I'm just trucking along and I am very much looking forward to Angie Harmon being the new ADA and then after that comes Serena Sutherland and um, I'm just living my best judicial life right <laughs> Now. <laughs> it's funny that reminds me. You, know, you always need a little bit of crime in in your life, you know, in the background, whatever. And it's uh, I was there was is I this Weird thing about women who love watching just crime drama. There, I don't know. There's a whole like theory around it of why we love to do this, but yeah, yeah. Give me forensic files. Give me unsolved mysteries. Give me all
0: yeah. that shit. I love it. What, what, what do you say? You make the drama around you kind of thing. It's like oh, it's just that's the I kind guess. of. Music. I mean, that is, <laughs> that
3: is true. I don't really have any around me, so it's I have enjoyable. to go watch. You know, yeah. yeah, and but Nick and I when we're together, uh, we just finished the crown. We finished. Oh, that. Nice, nice, And so yeah. now, now we've moved on to Downton Abbey, which I had seen up to a point, but he had not. And so yeah. uh, we just started season two, he has a better understanding of what's happening plot wise. And you can also tell he's been hanging out with me too long, because he's able to spot the wigs. Ah. Which I'm very proud of him for, because um, that's a, that's a, a superpower I have. Um, so yeah, we're having fun picking out the wigs and and just having a good time with it. And Downton,
0: <laughs> Downton. Oh, seriously, you talk about that, and it's um, that's the oh, we talk about the fun of uh, well, my relationship with, like, with Kate at home, and it's like the things that are just in our language now, and it's like it would not make no sense to anyone else, but it's like it's it's influenced by pop culture, other things, whatever. It's it's very strange, but Carson remove this is totally one of those. Like, like it's, just, <laughs> it's like there's a plate on the bench and it's like carson remove this oh my god
3: <laughs> yeah it's oh. so
0: funny yeah? oh, i love it um yeah cool chesh what did you have this week
1: falcon of the winter soldier is kind of meh
0: <laughs> what is it with you and meh takes but i mean i guess that's it's it <sighs> happens it's fine
1: right, so i want to i want to put this on the plate that people people seem to think that i didn't like uh wonder vision because it was not action enough, which is, by the way, bullshit. I just know good writing when I fucking see it. Oh, all um, right.
2: All right, yeah, yeah. Debate
0: on.
1: here is the problem. <laughs> well, here is the problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon stuff is boring and shit drama, whereas the Winter Soldier stuff is borderline comedy slash action, and really what should should be the whole series is just the Winter Soldier getting to grips with... You know being inserted back into society and like hey not not every fight has to be fought now mm. like you you are your own person you've got your mind back you are attempting to live as a regular human being in human society rather than like being a weapon of war you know that adjustment's not easy you're trying to make up for past you know ills basically and ticking things off your list and you, you're you know, you do have PTSD from being basically at war for 90 years. And and that is a great story that has enough drama on its own. Mm. But introducing the Falcon side of things where it's him and problems with the family and the business, the family business is going under. And like, what, what, why does this feel like schizophrenic? Like Mm. the writing is very much like two different teams have gone in together into a room started slinging ideas at each other one team just went no fuck you i'm leaving and the other team went i guess we'll write this one and they can write that one and we'll just chuck them together and it'll be fine
0: (laughs) the fans will love it yeah uh interesting so, glow, glowing uh, endorsement as always from Church. We uh, that's why we love them around here. It's great. It's um. It's that's why I say it's it's fine because half of it's shit and half. Well, it's good. That's the point. It's like we're never so, going to say it's like it's ultimately. I mean, if it is ultimately bad, we'll say that. But it's uh yeah, it's 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 appreciating a little. Oh yeah, it's little positives bad, and I'll a little negative. It down, it's, so it's all wraps into one kind of thing, but. Um... Nice. uh Mine this week was the Devo documentary of all things. So this appeared on our uh, our local service <laughs> iView ABC. You
3: mean uh, the the eighties group with the flower parts on there? That's
0: correct. So okay. I had you a perception it. of that's Devo cool. for a long time. I yeah, seen like them
1: live, they are great.
0: Yeah. So oh god,
1: I'm an old man. Uh, yeah, you are
0: an old man. Um, I I've always enjoyed the music. Of course, I've got a friend at work, Adam. He's a bit older than my, me. He's, I think he's older than Chesh. Um, and he's just like he's put me like he's like this. Listen, this bit of Devo. Holy crap, they're pioneers. Uh, especially electronically that kind of stuff doing really interesting stuff but i never quite got what they were about and maybe i like to explore anything i listen to musically or whatever and just like to really find the story and for some reason i never did with devo and i feel like i didn't do my homework till i saw this documentary and i just watched it i was like oh that's what they're about and in an incredible way so a lot of those songs have powerful powerful environmental messages and they were you know 70s 80s whatever like I was saying some like they were getting out there and really just pushing some messages that like you know that might not be as obvious in like you could just take some of these songs as pop songs, whatever, um, but you know look into "Whip it and freedom of choice as songs and look and like listen to what they're about, but basically is the-
3: isn't one of their members uh wasn't he responsible for the music from Rugrats like wasn't he a like, oh maybe. That's. I, I, look this I don't know. Why I here. think about that music all the um, time and how like strangely e- earwormy
0: that is. Uh, yeah. Mark mother Mothersbaugh was
3: the co-founder, lead singer, and keyboardist of Devo. Hell um, yeah! And he is now listed as the where did he go? Where did he go? Where did he go? Oh, where is he? Um, rugrats, Rugrats, Rugrats. Um, let me just see here. Amazing. Oh, yeah. His music has been a staple of the children's television shows, Rugrats, Beekman's World. Yeah, so so he's done something. I just remember him being a big part of Rugrats.
0: Yeah, and it, and it makes so much sense because, like, the Rugrats theme song, like I say, it was just such an earworm. I and mean, how strange some of his sounds were and, like, just, like, eerie and weird and, like, but they're using <laughs> synthesizers often in very strange ways and, like they're being very inventive or what kind of you know vocalizations they're doing and stuff which is really cool so the musical text stuff's really fun to look at but then realizing how much of an undertone they had with uh, a lot of what actually they stood for came from the kent state massacre so there was one or i think two of them that were involved in that so when the national guard just opened up on uh open fire on unarmed de- demonstrators in 1970 i believe and it's like Oh, that's that's. I did not expect this is the kind of documentary I was walking into, and and in like in a way that was powerful stuff because it comes to modern day. They re-record a bunch of their their older stuff, um, and you know, kind of then also talk about some of the message they are forewarning about. Uh humans have gone too far, <laughs> like environmentally oh, wow. everything uh they're like uh oh, common day like this they they were they were talking about this when um you know the last president was of course in power, and they said we we were kind of looking forward like this is like almost a we, we don't want this to happen and it's scary, this is a reality now we've you know absolutely gone too far, kind of thing, so the whole thing ends with a like a constructive environmental message of course and and moving forward, but it's um you know what you can do and Uh, whatever but it's yeah again it it was a side uh, of of the band I never knew existed and I know purists would be like how did you not know that's what Devo were about so um, yeah it's they're pretty amazing so highly recommend that one and then yeah go for it
1: I will also highly recommend it because I've actually watched it a while Mm. ago um, because I went through a phase where I was looking up a heap of like old bands that I really like um, and learning more about Devo and their, their sound and how the sound came about learning about like all that, you know, the, the history of like their anti-war stuff and things like that and just being like blown away. Yeah. So I absolutely also will tell people like, I know it sounds weird. I know that you think these are just like the joke band wearing flower pots. Um, definitely check them out. Yeah. Definitely check out the documentary. It is really powerful stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, and then the other one was um, as I kind of just like shouted out before, and uh, you said it, Aaron. But um, Kate started watching RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, uh, Drag Race after <laughs> like never watching it before and um, it's just been on in the house, and it's it's given birth to such sayings as "sashay away" and um, yes, all kinds of other things. But it's it's Kate says it exactly. <laughs> She's doing things like she might be painting or something else, and it's just easy watching in the background. Um, like you say, you can you can kind of. You can establish like what what it you know the the productive like good things about it um, you know and I haven't even got into I didn't even know about like toxic fandoms or anything so I'm an absolute novice of this stuff so I'm I'm interested to see <laughs> like because it's also the thing she like just jumped into season seven I'm like and I realize how much of this show there is it's a huge amount mm-hmm. of it like an absolute like lexicon over the years and then i'm pretty sure the australian one's coming out soon so kate was pretty yeah yeah,
3: about so that. A, yeah so they're australia they've uh so australia starts soon uh they just wrapped up the second season of R- drag race uk which was brilliant yeah um i would definitely recommend that it was a really nice return to form for the series you could tell that the judges were more engaged and it wasn't as um you know, manipulated or it wasn't as yeah. dramatized as the U.S. series has become. But, you know, I appreciate it for what it is. You know, it also gave me a lot of confidence when I was coming up as a trans person. And, mm. you know, I learned how to quite honestly paint my face and I learned how to pad or dress for my body type and to embrace the body that I have and, you know, how to be confident, you know, that confidence that you mentioned throughout the show and, um, just doing the best with what you have to work with and, um, you know that was something that was really crucial to me as I was coming of age. Mm, no, important
0: stuff, and it's um, I I did see the uh, some of the, the great names that I'd actually heard before from um, and and the way Australian, but definitely being in Melbourne, a lot of the um, the personalities in um you know just our diverse community kind of thing but knowing Mm -hmm. i'd heard of a character called uh, a person called karen from finance i'm like that's the best name ever (laughs) (laughs) it's like like, oh yeah and then the other one etc etc which is like some of the names are so creative i love it and they've all got Mm -hmm. of course stories but um also one of the judges reese nicholson is like one of the most unreal like Flipping amazing comedians, like it's. Um, I remember now. I've watched a bunch of stand-up um, from Reese Nicholson, and so um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen for Kate to put that on and be hilarious. So good stuff. Then uh, yeah, I think that was it. I think that was a, that was a hearty episode. We've got everything we've got a lot of magic chat there we've got a lot of just live chat stuff i think we we, we had a lot of fun and um i hope you both did as well chesh and erin and, and you know appreciate
2: i
1: always have fun but i especially had fun having one of my most favorite content creators on so. <laughs> there
0: you go exactly <laughs> but not and vivo not, not formally like no, formal, we'll <laughs> formal, your favorite
3: Calling <laughs> my attorney <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Oh, I love it! Thank you so much for joining us, and um, again, it's a, it's a funny thing. Um, I think after. So what was it a couple of months ago? had said on um, on one of their episodes. Oh, being really love. I really want to talk to Aaron Campbell.
3: And I'm oh, I know my on boyfriend the show, told me. And like, yeah, Nick's, you. Like, you yeah, did. Nick's a really I big fan. Episode. I'm like, yeah, Nick's a really big yeah. So Nick was yeah. So Nick was listening to the episode. I was at work and we usually chat in the morning. And he was like, so baby, I'm listening to Commander Crunch and, and I think they really want you on their show. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And so so I listened to the episode and he he gave me like the times stamp and i was like oh that's very sweet of them and then i stuck around for the beginning and the end everything surrounding it i was like oh this seems like a really well put together show and then i listened to (laughs) their episode the andy and nick one pretty fully and i was like oh this is we got a nice little track record here and they seem lovely and also accents i'm not made of wood people (laughs) um and so i was like i get to hear two blokes with accents all day great and so i was like all right let's do it
0: (laughs) No, i love it so yeah i i I can't thank you enough and it's um yeah again it's like i i I wasn't joking it's i it feels like we're surrounded by magic royalty but it's it's just you know at the end of the day like nothing makes me happier than just talking to really really great people so um yeah can't thank you enough
3: of course and and keep (laughs) doing what you're doing it sounds like you've had a good thing here (laughs) we're
0: having fun and and like you say the
1: message is we're
3: gonna keep doing it if we're having fun exactly
0: so
1: there you go there you go it's funny, Sam, because I thought you were trying to, like, get at the, the nickname that, that Aaron's carried for such a long time of being
0: the Queen of Dread. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't even remember if I used that at the start. It's like, yeah, it's, um, yeah.
3: Well, it's funny because Nick told me a story about you guys where um, I think Chesh might have said this of, like, you're the plaid clad. <laughs> and he's yes. like, he goes, baby, I'm, I'm the plaid clad now. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I even had
0: to check I was saying it the right way. It's like, yeah a good one uh, we, yeah, we love we love Nick to bits. It's um, it's been a huge influence, and we had so much fun with uh, Nick and Andrew on the show. But um, yeah,
3: yeah, he's 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 great. <laughs> I, I can't say enough about him. And and we we're doing really really well. And it's probably probably the healthy like it's one of the healthiest relationships I've ever been in. It's certainly the longest relationship I've ever been in. Um, I, I'm really proud of our ability to survive this thing. You know, mm. I, we we started dating like right before the pandemic started, so it was a really really tumultuous time. I know a lot of couples that have not made it through the pandemic. Pandemic, let's be honest mm. um and the fact yeah, yeah. that we're here and we're both getting vaccinated really feels like a we're going to make it kind of moment and just feels incredible
2: yeah
0: no exactly and i think it, it took a shining light to a lot of people's relationships and and, and amplified a lot of probably if thing everything if anything it was ever problematic it's like that kind of situation is going to amplify it tenfold kind of thing so it's and it's <laughs> also then like yeah, you I say mean- the message of like appreciating things when they're good uh, mm-hmm. I, I Kate said to me today. She goes, "This seems really bad," but like, I remember those times when all we could do was stay at home together, and that was just so much fun. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's like I know, right? Like, yeah. It's just,
0: and I was like, I'm really appreciative of that. And that's that's I, I think that, like you yeah. say, not enough can be said if you actually uh, you have more love for each other. If if uh, in, in a hard time, like celebrate that part for sure.
3: I th- and I think it's important to, it's it's not only that, but just being able to, to get through this together where, you know, I didn't make the decisions by myself, you know, when the pandemic first started, I remember we had a call on Discord of like, what are we going to do? And mm. we formulated a plan and we made a schedule of, you know, because I, when it first started, I didn't know how serious it was going to be. And I didn't know how serious he was going to take it. And so I didn't know if this was going to be a situation where I just wouldn't see him for a year. Like we yeah. didn't know. And it really was just the both of us going this is what we need to do the, the unit is paramount and so yeah, yeah. whatever we need to do so that this relationship survives we are going to do and you know he really was my partner in that and, I'm, and I said it before when I was on the Commander Social Podcast I was really proud of us and the way that you know we came together as a couple and said we're going to make it no matter what we need to do and every step of the way every development we touched base we communicated we uh, changed course if we needed to and, and I'm just very proud of us the way we handled that because I think it would have been very easy to be like oh my god oh my god and then just yeah. you know <laughs> you know. And don't get me wrong there definitely were some hard times where there were days where he was freaking out or I was freaking out but we got through it together in just every sense of the word and um, the fact that we are going to see this thing through and we're both vaccinated and we're both we're going to see our friends soon I know Andy and his wife got hit their first shot the other day and we're all trying to like work out the timing of our second shots like we're almost there we could see each other and um, to just know that we made it and we made it together just feels amazing. Exactly, exactly. Stronger than ever.
0: I was going to say, I'm going to bury this right at the end of the episode, but I was going to bring up I remember this is months and months and months ago, but I think there may have been a comment from a Magic Mike's listener. They're like, oh, Aaron needs to stop talking about her boyfriend. <laughs> it's just like, I think I commented at one stage of my like,
2: And no, Nick I'll was so funny. Di- he was like, you have should have taken di- the content,
3: money. <laughs> It was so funny. Nick was like, you should have taken the money. And so he was a good sport about it. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback off what I said earlier, I think that just as people themselves are unused to being happy, I think other people are also unused to it, too, where, you know, hate following is a thing. You know, I think that... Somebody in my Twitch chat said it really, really eloquently. They were like, it's easier for people to comfort than to celebrate. And, you know, when somebody says they're having a really bad day, you kind of go into that autopilot of what can I do for you? It's going to be okay. Things Mm -hmm. are fine. But when someone's just like, I'm fucking happy, I think some people just don't know what to do with themselves. And that's not to say that they're against it. That's not to say that they're wishing you ill. But I think it's just we don't have that automatic response of like... Exactly. You know, just celebrating something we're so used to just running to and rightfully so because things are really hard right now, but yeah, I think that we just don't know what to do when people are happy and and genuinely so, and so um, it is a really fascinating thing to see just other people struggle to be happy, but also the people around you of you know this person's genuinely cool with everything that's going on right now what the fuck
2: <laughs> you, <laughs> you know like we don't like, know what to do they? when someone yeah, exactly.
3: exactly you know and so it is it doesn't surprise me that you know the fact that i am happy or other people are happy people just don't know how to handle that
0: exactly exactly so that's a good message to um i'll, I'll drop it at the end actually as a uh i think my constructive uh um, message and, and and wisdom this week it's like yeah just just try and learn to be happy like Enjoy happiness when it is there, then it should be there. That kind of thing. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, of course, but uh, yeah, Yeah. we can all try. Um, But uh, before (laughs) that, of course, uh, we'll better sign off with the actual contact details and all that stuff. But uh, where can the people find you, Aaron?
3: Oh gosh! Uh, well, my primary base of operations is Twitter. Uh, if I haven't already blocked you, uh, feel free to follow me. I, I'm <laughs> legendary. It's funny is when Nick and I first started dating, he he had started listening to magic mics, which I was already nervous about. and then at one point he was like, "So that joke they make about you blocking people <laughs> like that's not true, is it?" And I was like,
2: "Ha, ha ha, ha No." <laughs>
3: Meanwhile, I have like 35,000 strong. Um, Yeah, so my Twitter is Original Estrus. That is O-R-I-G-I-N-A-L O-E-S-T-R-U-S uh, You can also find me on Twitch. I've been streaming regularly every Tuesday night at around 8pm Central Standard Time. Twitch.tv slash Original Estrus. Magic Mikes, we do a top 10 show which we're going to be releasing every Tuesday on YouTube. Uh, so if you look at Magic Mikes Top 10, you can find that. We go live every Thursday night now at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, Twitch.tv/slash Magic Um, and I think that's pretty much everything I've got right now.
0: Love it. Where where can we find you, Chesh?
3: Uh, you can find me. uh where all good. Witchy grubs.
0: <laughs> um, you sell witchity grubs? No, I just find it in my what's garden. What's a grub?
1: <laughs> uh, so you can find me at uh, Cheshire Plays games on most platforms, except for Twitch. Where sorry, Twitter, where you can find me under Cheshire Plays. Uh but yeah, Cheshire plays games. You can also find NBA and sports content and other shit over at uh <laughs> Cheshbreaks.com.au. What?
2: what yeah,
1: yeah, I know. It's 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 a big thing. Mm. I'm a small business owner, baby. bang. Um it Chesh chess worldwide, man. <laughs> yeah, chess chess Breaks. So the I
3: have to ask you to you just a- kind of you remind me of something. So I noticed that you say your name as Cheshire... Is it not Cheshire, yes, in, like the cat? It is Cheshire, like oh. the cat, but I say Cheshire. Okay, I just didn't know if I was doing it right, because right, oh, I no. certainly didn't want to disrespect you, so I was like... No,
1: it's 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 fine. I just say Cheshire, because a lot of people don't... They, they seem to get confused when I say Cheshire. Okay. Because they're like... Oh, is it like a shire named after a Shia? It's like no, the like cat smiling. So now I just say Chishi.
3: Okay, awesome, cool. Just wanted to make sure I was doing it right. Because yeah, Lord knows a- I have a name yeah. that people can't pronounce. They're like Ostris oatmeal. No one ever gets it right. So. Osterosimus?
2: And, uh, Oscillating. Uh, we don't know <laughs> what to do with
0: you. Is that is that is that just one of the uh, the, the the gamer tags that like the uh, the Xbox thing? Just like. So it's a fun and... story. So oh, when I, I first that story. Started that playing... fantastic. It's... Yeah, go for it.
3: Yeah, so when I first started playing World of Warcraft, I was a male tauren, because the female tauren models looked a little goofy. Um, and so I had a male tauren <laughs> named Oranos, which was O-U-R-A-N-O-S, which was a Greek demigod, I believe. Um, and uh, so I was Oranos, and, and I was a moonkin. And so I, I got the name. Nobody could ever say Oranos, so they just called me Big O, because I was a big moonkin, and my name started with O. And then eventually they fixed the tauren female models to where I was like, okay, and you could also pay for gender changes in World of Warcraft. So I was like, okay, I think I'll I'll, I'll make O a female tauren, but I couldn't have a female tauren named Orano. So I went to a website called the Dictionary of Difficult Words <laughs> and I went to the O section and I literally scrolled until I found a name that sounded good and I found estrus, which is actually a fancy term for when animals go into heat, they go into the estrus cycle and there's proestrus mm-hmm. and anestrus and metastrus, all the phases of the cycle. And I figured, well, I'm a, I'm a bipedal cow. This is perfect. And <laughs> so Estrus became my longest running character. And also just said a lot about my personality as well because I'm kind of brassy. Um, and so when I made the Twitter account, I was a wow blogger. And so I just wanted to show that I was the only Estrus out there. Um, and then it just kind of stuck. And um, it's just kind of been my thing ever since. So <laughs> A wow blogger. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I I feel that. I was at one point also a wow blogger. Okay. Wow blogger. Wow um, in one of the top rating Top rating ga- uh, game, yes. one of the top rating guilds on Nagrand. Okay. Yeah. So, I was uh, Professor Evil the Mage and uh, Cleopatra the <laughs> the DPS tanking um, pally. Okay. So, I, that was a, an experience. Yeah, I read um, it
3: pretty seriously. When I retired, I was in a top 200 US guild, and I um, I, I miss it a lot um, because I the skills, the way that WoW works is very different than the way Magic works, and I remember when I first mm-hmm. came back to Magic, I just assumed that it, because I was successful in WoW that that success would carry over, mm-hmm. um, and it never really did. And so I miss it all the time, but um, I realize that the way my life is right now at 37 just doesn't really work with the rating schedule, and so um, a little bit of nostalgia there, a little bittersweet, but I, I do appreciate the, the time that I had as a Raider.
0: Love it! I was, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you, you're I both talking about." Down, um, yeah. When you talk about wow, I was like, "Oh no, this could go on another." We could, we could do another episode <laughs> on this. And then same with I, <laughs> I can't believe you show, even Cheshire like... even walked past the Deep Space Nine reference. It's like, Ooh. <laughs> mm. we we could yeah, we could talk I
1: hate <laughs> Deep Space Nine. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to bust into that, <laughs> and, you know, and be the guy who's like Deep Space Nine. That's that's almost as bad as Voyager. Oh, don't, don't even Cheshire even-
3: getting there. So we're Star Trek you snobs. You're to. good to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was—I was, I was going to say. I remember li- yeah, listening to Zuby's episode with chesh and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys just talk about Star Trek!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Wow,
0: it's
1: uh, yeah. There's a reason why I have shot glasses and and a combadge behind. Yeah, it. yeah. Have you
3: heard? Uh, there's a new podcast I've seen on Twitter recently called "Keeping Up with the cardassians Have you seen that? <laughs> no. yeah one of my followers uh is on that show and I, I they i started following and he retweets them i think i started following him and then he retweets them and i was like i want to be on your show so bad <laughs> oh that's excellent <laughs>
0: awesome do more star uh do more star trek content too chesh that'd be awesome I think, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll finish
0: off the housekeeping. Uh, you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam on Twitters and Instagrams, but more importantly, you can find us on uh, on the Twitters as the podcast at CMDR underscore crunch, uh, on Instagram at CMDR crunch. Our website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm, and you can send thoughts, feedback, questions importantly underlined questions there because I, i've got more i want to build up a little bit of a, a kind of library of those and i'll keep answering those and and as i said before i've already got some pushed to next week that's going to be awesome but um thanks for that for that, that kind of stuff that, that miraculous content um and also you can send pictures of cephalids there too uh to the gmail which is cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com so um yeah as we've said a couple of times i can't stop appreciating um how how much first of all you met to the game Aaron, and um and and how much fun we've had just talking and and the messages importantly that um that we've kind of uh, dealt uh, dealt with today as far as like i you know we talk about magic we can talk about all that all that stuff and and whatever but um getting into the real stuff is is where it's at and is why we do what we do kind of thing and and very very much appreciative of, of what we're going into today so thanks so much for joining us
3: Thank you so much, and like I said, keep me posted,
0: and i w- I will certainly be sure to plug this done, done, awesome, so we'll sign off with a little bit of wisdom, as we often do, uh just off the top of our heads of course i'll I'll say that um yeah, like uh respect yourself uh you deserve it and that's that's all I can say it's like you know it's it's you you deserve to be happy uh when when things are good, and um you know just just throw a bit of uh self respect uh your way and you'll see what happens kind of thing, so yeah
1: listen to more of
0: the QR thing. Right. Trust me. Yeah,
1: I think you've used that one
0: before, Chesh. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, ever. it's, it's, uh, it's evergreen. That was Bowie. Take care, friends. We'll see you next week.